Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to a very spooky Halloween episode of Let's Talk More Movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more spookies, you could say. Uh, Let's talk more spookies. <laughs> that theme was unsettling, <laughs> to say the very least. Scroff uh, told me that he was doing a prototype. Obviously, shout out to our uh, in-house composer, Scroff, but that is frightening. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't quite know they handled. I told them they kind of go a bit kitschy, you know, a couple of screens, bit of lightning, bit cheesy. That yeah. is actually a stuff of nightmare. What you've uh, forgotten is Scruff is demented. <laughs> <laughs> if you have I a spare set of drawers, Mickey, uh, and if, if there's a spare pair of eggs and one of them drawers, <laughs> give them to me. <laughs> no. I anyway, I am your host, Michael Brainslin. <laughs> That's so shit. <laughs> <laughs> to my left is... Shan Gargoyle. <laughs> Garcoy, you ball bag. And to my right is my name's Shade that rhymes with on, so it's I know the nightmare before Colin. That's what I have to fucking do. Like, a, well, every time you address me in this podcast, now it's going to be I so nightmare before calm. Would you watch this week? Nah, would you? Uh, just, just call you nightmare. And all just call me nightmare. I, I already better, fucking do. <laughs> it was better than a spot ball we were doing beforehand. Oh, fuck we were man. saying heron ween and stuff like that. Which is actually too. Thought Hangman Heron was pretty good. That was good. Hangman Heron. Who the fuck said that? Me? Did you hear that one? Or you that? <laughs> you were sitting right beside him. It's about a hundred times better than fucking Nightmare Before Colin. <laughs> Does he mean anything? Shit, like. See, going back to that uh, piece of music that's cross thrown together, I think his counselor would have a field day with that. If they were to hear that, they would go, this boy's seen things, this boy's got issues. <laughs> this boy's seen things, you wouldn't believe. And all, right, I, I, I think this may be true, I'm not quite sure, but see that really mental cackle at the end, which sounds like a dog dying in a car? Yeah. It, Apparently, is uh, one of our former guests, Dan Killam, doing that screech. Was that right? <laughs> Dan can reach some serious levels. On the <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking. Not some pipes, just that is some serious. And you know what? <laughs> not, not even auto tuned. That's just, that's just Dan. That's Dan Frightened. Yeah. He's got the pipes. Simon Coyle got some dolls in his pupils, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there'll be Subo moment looking, looking at Dan just. 
was like, oh, I'm on my so much money. Oh, shit. You've got the stuff. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you've got it, Dan Killen. You've got a fucking you've, spades. You've got about a million yeses. <laughs> You're, you are just wearing a black kind of V-neck t-shirt as well. Just for right, the, actually. <laughs> Didn't put that for together. For the Simon Coyle. Well, I love as well. He's still got the fucking afterburn of the of the red fist paint you've been wearing in the haunted uh, house. Yeah, hey, Bryce, are you away? No, I'm fucking painted red. Are you away or something? It's all... No, no, just a fucking covered in fake blood. <laughs> I love it. You've been away? No, I've been fucking sitting in a haunted house for the past two weeks. I sit in a haunted house playing a fucking demented cannibal chef <laughs> who I've taken a creative license uh, to make it from South Armagh. <laughs> He's a, he's a pikey from South Armagh. You can picture the director of the haunted house basically just going, you know what, just hide in corners and go as fucking mental as you want. Here's all, what's my motivation? What's my character about? It's How do I get this hatchet in my head? It's a fucking absolute free-for-all. They go as mad as you want, to. I'm sure it's really therapeutic. It's fucking, fucking amazing. Buck wild for three are weeks straight, scare that shit out of people. Are you in your own zone, though? Like, are you, are you not allowed to leave the kitchen area? I... I pretty much I'm on I'm on a spot we me and me and the solar actor Bo Bo Waters we've sort of worked out a wee routine and there's there's a uh, there's like there's, there's me Jeff Coke and a guy called Bo Waters and we've sort of worked it out and it just works really really well and uh, just the time is fucking class on it so you you wouldn't want to leave when it when it works every single time. It, it scares the fuck out of people every fucking time. <laughs> I was there last year and it's fucking horrifying. Uh, it's really, really horrifying. I love the fact as well you weren't even being a diva but you were uh, just before we started this podcast picking latex out of your hair. Uh, a true actor's actor. Like I was oh saying, like, fuck, I got some in my chest. <laughs> Bastard. That's not even part of the costume. Apparently, apparently I was just fiddling about with somebody after. <laughs> uh, Yourself. Uh, so I'm going to stick that Madonna wig on you. No, I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> What do you call it? What do you call it? But I was saying the night, fucking, what was it? Uh, they, they, they let us break off early, or, or they gave us a, a break, and they didn't realize that there was people in the house. So I fucking crawled out of my wee perch and stood up, and there was five people just looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Completely just not scary at all. <laughs> so I kind of had a back step, you know, half moonwalk style, and then just sort of get my hand. Come with me. Gesture. I had no fucking idea what I was going to do. Oh, I'd love him. The sign of a uh, tree break. And I was just all, just come here. Come here. Luckily enough, my fucking compadre, Arm McLean, drummer of the Woodburn and Savages, yes, uh, <laughs> was outside where uh, I have to say the weirdest fucking costume I've ever seen in my life. He's got fucking three quarter left jeans that are cupped up. He's got socks over a pair of Converse. He's got. A black t-shirt, a fucking bricky shirt, <laughs> uh, a half an arm with a bone hanging off it. Jeez, that has come up with the other and, 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 <laughs> and then he's got like fucking, he's got like, did you ever see Once Upon a Time in China? It's like fucking, he's got a wee skull cap, bald Once skull cap. Once Upon a Time in China? Aye. I've never seen him though. Right, there's like a troll joke. Right, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's got a wee skull cap with a wee hand coming out of the top of it. A wee... <laughs> I don't know what you said that we fucking tuffed the hair in the middle <laughs> everything else has been shaved up and then he's painted black they mix it all into his face and then he's, and then he's got an ultraviolet hand <laughs> and the middle of his face I was like what the fuck is all I don't know just some fucking mad zombie <laughs> that's, that's, a, uh, that's the stuff how many DT nightmares there <laughs> but he was there anyway as soon as I got out of the thing and then he just did his butt and just <laughs> run after him and then he managed to chase about four or five of them and then 
a further two came out behind him, so I didn't want to get caught off guard, so I just picked up a fucking rubber knife and just ran after him. <laughs> the highest fucking scream I've ever done in my life. Just fucking, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> just fucking, they were all six of them just piled, just humbling, blah, 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 and me just like, <laughs> chased him and, and, and the thing about it everybody was told they knock off the house was fucking near empty so we had to fucking run through the whole fucking house <laughs> just going just <laughs> that chef we covered in blood we has mucker zombie it's chasing mo- after mucker zombie bricklayer ah it's mucker zombie bricklayer with half an arm <laughs> you know what the uh, best thing is as well right makes no sense is that the people you were chasing probably thought oh it's grand this is just partly act <laughs> you still were just going fucking mad we were just fucking losing that plot eh? <laughs> It's my fuck. <laughs> oh fuck, that's so good. That should be your new career now, like. Just uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, can, yeah. I was saying to a friend earlier on too that how funny it would be, right? If you're going through the haunted house, you're seeing all these ghouls and witches and wizards and fucking mad scientists and stuff like that, and, and then you just walk in there and there's just hair and there's normal clothes <laughs> to a bag of cans. Let's sit down. A couple of hard questions uh, for you. Exactly. <laughs> I, you, <laughs> the, you, you just kick out a chair and then see if anybody sits down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The true horror heron's characters. Well, this is how you get end up. <laughs> yeah, a bag of cans in a haunted house. that time again baby you know I love us he well. didn't have to spook up that one that's exactly <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth obviously we've tried to spook up the themes this week and we're gonna wee bit of a Halloween theme going danger ball theme doesn't need to be touched because that's already frightening so you got the danger ball this week check your trap draw oh, oh I love this shit love did you say there's two danger balls this week draw. I never said that I thought you said there was two when out the back do you not say Jill accidentally bought one as well I know I didn't buy one though Oh, right, so Jill bought the danger bottle? Yeah. There is two, though. Oh, there's a strobe light. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. <laughs> right, so the first danger bottle this week is... Is there two, then? Yeah, Jill bought two. <laughs> oh, she like, bought two? Bought. No worries. The first Fucking danger bottle this week Thanks, is... Thanks, Jill. First danger bottle this week is a humble fat frog. Oh, yes. But no, what flavour is it? Super split? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck, super split? I don't super know. Split. It doesn't even. It doesn't even. It, there's not even a description on yeah, here. It's literally no just that label. It looks super like it would be nice, split. right? They tell you what. This is basically just lemonade. Like it's four percent. So what we'll the fuck is a super split? No idea. Two seconds. I can't get that open split. here. Work away there. So the second and most important danger ball of the night. Vaseline all over me, so I'm not gonna. My key gone. Oh, Jesus Christ. The second danger bottle of tonight is... <laughs> ah, really nice. There we go. Just wake up, Jill. Get her open at the phone. <laughs> get the dog oh. in here. <laughs> smells kind of creamy. Get some kitty cracker off her teeth, just. It smells creamy. Creamy. That doesn't sound Do you know what a split? Do you know what it is? Do you know what orange split we used to put ice cream and orange? Ah. That's what I thought it was. Like a Coke flip? That's what, that's what the fuck it is. It's orange and kind of creamy. Oh, oh, that sounds delightful. I used to love that shit as a wine. Oh, Mama that told me not to come. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that could be the ultimate hangover drink. Right? You could, ju- oh you could just freeze that and just use it as a fucking ice pop. Like. You That's fucking delightful. You know what the best thing is? You're exactly right. I mean, the Tesco orange ice pops you used to get. That's exactly that flavour. Man. Incredible. Anyway, I wouldn't it's even want a danger ball. For me, that's essentially not even alcohol. So the main danger ball this week is... Oh my word, on the beach. <laughs> my cocktail on the beach. Is, is it what on the beach though? So it's not sex, so is it like... It's just on the beach. It no, it says my beach. cocktail at the top. Oh, fair enough. It says my cocktail on the beach. Yeah. A blend of orange, just cranberry. It's essentially sex on the beach. Se- okay. Yeah. My I'll cock on the beach, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love as well. But these, these, these two bottles collectively were five pounds. 
What? Shut yeah. the front door. Where the fuck did you get this my cocktail on the beach? Uh, it's they're both from Asda. <laughs> oh, I can't even ask that for prices. Uh, but sack Tesco. They weren't backing yeah. us anymore. What I really enjoyed is uh, we tried all week to get a spooky danger bottle, a spooky drink that we could possibly use, and there's no Halloween themed alcohol whatsoever. Yeah. Dark so rum. <laughs> we'll, we'll call this spooky on the beach. <laughs> spooky on the beach. <laughs> You got arrested, like yeah. The thing is, though, I've been spooking that bitch a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. I swear. You know what? I was thinking as well for Danger Bottle, like no way, like has to be under favorite. What if you just shoplift? <laughs> Mikey, you have just, you've just cracked the code, there, like. Just yeah, because it's sort of, uh, well, <laughs> but you, like you, it. you only, st- I do like it, but you only stayed five, five pounds worth. There's a friend of mine uh, who will remain nameless and the shop will remain nameless but I used to steal uh, mans out of a well-known supermarket because he found a blind spot. He was that dangerous about it that when he was at the checkout he's all I just stole a pound of mans. <laughs> it's in my pocket. And she was like <laughs> I was all you're a fucking mad cunt. I'm not like myself. I've, I've always had like a sort of criminal underbelly to myself I stole a bottle of Fanta Lemon when I was nine in a corner uh, shop and then I started crying after because uh, <laughs> I was that guilty about it uh, <laughs> I, I, I stole a packet of Zavirex one time and didn't feel guilty at all because it's fucking sex pound what's Zavirex? <laughs> it's, it's cold sour cream alright oh, I, I stole it because well I actually used his blind spot <laughs> stole it <laughs> just, just a fucking day just <laughs> mints and Zavirex hey. on the same shelf hey. don't even need it he just knew it was there. He did what he wanted. I just thought it was cool. He was just sick I, saw, I need it. I'm not paying six pounds. Take your fucking eye, both Zavirex and the fucking whatever fucking place it was. Why'd you steal it, eh? Zavirex and a fucking pack of months. <laughs> right, you know what? I'm actually going to try my cocktail on the beach. Spooky my cocktail on the beach. Mm, Jinx Zavirex could sue us. No, they they get they get paid anyway. Like they don't care if you yeah. shop with. I'll give it's, them. I'll give them six pounds. It's nice. Trying it's to sue us. Very butter. Very butter. butter, yeah, very butter. Much like yourself, Sean. Bit oh, yes, either way. Bitte. Bitte. What was I going to say about that, too? It's like, I don't know. Yeah, that's gross. It's like a fruit basket that's one of the offers, something like that. I, know I, I, there's there's I, I never, I never trust a bottle that's completely covered in uh, a label. Yeah, ah, exactly. They, they don't want to show you what's inside. <laughs> <to say. laughs> it that's like, it, it that's literally leaves everything to the imagination, which I don't like. Have a swig there, Heron, and see what you think. Bottoms up. You know for a fact he's gonna like it. Tasty. <laughs> That'll do the trick. You could you could combine these two danger bottles and just have summer oh in a glass. Which is strange because it's an absolute fucking ridiculously cold, wet winter night in here. A, a beach split. <laughs> beach split. Or split cock. Or just call it. <laughs> <laughs> or just call it. <laughs> or just call it a hole. <laughs> a beach split. <laughs> called bend over <laughs> okay what have we watched this week Halloween, Halloween edition. edition oh mm. almost in sync I liked it <laughs> almost that's me and Shanko's French just almost in sync you know, we've done it a couple of times over the past few weeks and we've given each other we know and know it <laughs> I, last week we had Leonardo DiCaprio coming out <laughs> pretty good like. and not even good. that there but I mean like it was I don't know, I think it's the closest we've ever been to our friendship in that, in that moment of synchronicity. <laughs> yeah. Karen, what'd you watch? Uh, I watched uh, The Dead Zone. Ah. Did you ever see it? Aye. 
Is your shit? Nope. Fuck you. How much? How much? I'm I'm the audience explaining. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's based on a Stephen King book. Uh, yeah, they all fucking are. It became a <laughs> became a TV series, didn't it? Yep. Was the film was f- was the film first or? I think the film was first. Uh, and then was in there, what do you call him from the fucking Breakfast Club? Anthony Michael Hall that done the dead zone? Ah, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, uh, this it was a film was directed by David Cronenberg of History of Violence, Eastern Promises fame. <sighs> no, we don't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely more into his weirder films like Crash and all back in the day. But video room? Dead zone. The fucking video drums, right? And uh, The Fly? Yeah. The Fly, yeah. yeah. And uh, based on Stephen King book about this guy who after an accident uh if he comes in contact with anybody he can predict their future and so he can predict if they're going to die how they're going to die when they're going to die he can predict if they're going to become president he can predict all this sort of stuff definitely would have had a big influence on unbreakable storyline ways when you think about it that way ah, I suppose right. it would, uh, i'm actually making that fucking correlation now, uh, but anyway go ahead but it's it, it it's really good, isn't it? and it, it's sort of uh oh the car crash that starts fucking shit don't you ever see it I've seen it, but not many, many years. Uh, so I can't even remember. It's that's it, it's so stupid. Like, it's just a, and anyway, it doesn't matter. The the fucking plot point is that he crashes, loses his memory, he wakes up like fucking years later, and this uh, and he wakes up from a a, a coma, and uh, his his brother that he was going with at the time's fucking moved on, and she has a family and all this stuff, and his whole life has just completely. Uh, Moved on from there, but it's kind of, it's quite sad actually. His story and it's it, it's it's done quite through. It, it's sort of shot North America, not North America mahogany-ish, yeah. uh, like like a slightly colder color tone than like Groundhog Day. Like I mean, are we, are we thinking I mean? like we talked about a few weeks ago, like the the sort of deer hunter setting, like a wee industrial. Uh, we but at that, yeah, we tiny towns and all, but it's a bit more sort of it's a bit more like the town and like Groundhog Day, Sean. Yeah. And uh, so like around what is it, Puxatawney, like in Maine or something like that, New England, around? Aye, 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 And then uh, he realizes that he has this gift or whatever, and uh, I think he saves a couple of people, and then the, the police eventually try and help him and all. And then, like, the main story more comes at the end, it starts getting a wee bit more political, then, and uh, Martin Sheen appears in as a uh himself as a, a candidate uh, uh president <coughs> president <laughs> he's a senator and stuff and uh that's when the story kind of really comes but uh it's that prequel to west <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking really good though the just cronenberg was never afraid of fucking violence like at all or and, taking uh, risks or taking risks and all and it's it's, it's kind of why it's just his career is the way it is i mean he's got stacks of great films which just they just don't push well enough you know what i mean such a shame i mean for that fucking reason, Eastern Promises 2 isn't happening. That fucking film needs a sequel. Big Ten was a crack at you. I think, though, Cronenberg, the fact that he does take risks, and he was really, to quote yourself, sure full of the 80s, every risk that he took seemed to pay off, but then in the 90s, maybe with the exception of Eastern Promises and History of Violence, That's it didn't really, be, because, I mean, yeah. like, oh, well, 2000s, like, but, I mean, like, even Cosmopolis, we, what do you call him from fucking Twilight? Uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I thought that was a train wreck. That was a disaster. Like, I mean, it was trying to take big risks and be out there, but it was almost like someone trying to do an imitation of David Cronenberg when it was David Cronenberg. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. It was a strange one. I haven't seen that, actually. It's almost like he kind of become a parody of himself (coughs) in a a way. Like, Did he do that Mm. one with Julianne Murr recently? Matt the Stars. I haven't seen that yet. He has done that, too. Did he? Don't we get right to that, Did I? I haven't seen it, though. 
Fuck. I, I talked about mental. I don't even know what the story is about. Mm. It's it's, it's, it's really Julian Merkel mental. No, no, it's that's the synopsis. It's Julian Merkel mental. Yeah. I hope it is. It's gonna be up in the large one share category. And <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely that's not gonna be our average rom com. Like what do you call her? Is on it? Uh, it's not. I can't remember if it's Dakota fan or Riley fan. I think it's Dakota I always get that mixed up. I have no I idea. I think it's Dakota fan and she has like a scar on her face and stuff and Pattinson's her limo driver. Uh, Julianne Moore's in it. Julianne Moore's amazing in it. it. It's a fucking, it's a really good, it's, it, it's, have you seen it? Aye. Oh, okay. It's, it's not, it's not an especially easy watch. You yeah, know, some, some way it's, it's quite full on. Uh, some way it's quite disturbing actually. E- even, even the smaller things in it are quite disturbing but, uh, no, I mean, I think, be fair, I think the dead zone. Uh, I remember the first time I seen it, I flicked over and it was just like black screen, it was all wah, like music and all. And then I was like, right, uh, uh, bad, bad, David Cronenberg. I was like, oh, fuck, how about it is David Cronenberg? Uh, directs, you know, Christopher Walken. I was like, fuck, how about it is Christopher Walken? And the Stephen Kings. I was like, fucking sweet. <laughs> the dead zone. I was like, fucking something. I was like, fucking. See when a phone comes out. I and you're thought, and you're yes, 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 yes. See, like, <laughs> like, it's fucking Denzel Washington. Like, oh, fuck, I like Denzel. Bruce Wallace, Jesus Christ, I'm ready. And then, like, fucking Whoopi Goldberg. Jesus, I'm cast here. Whoopi as well. It's a gift that keeps on giving. I don't know what that film is. I've complained about yeah. that, but I really want to see a film with Denzel, Whoopi Goldberg, and Bruce Wallace together. They were on the scenes together. All three of them? No, not not Whoopi. Whoopi. Oh, well, see, that's, you know what I mean? That's a deal breaker. You need Whoopi I, on there. I, I was like that Whoopi's when... Whoopi's off in the flakes, just. <laughs> I, I was like that when I first seen the trailer for Begin Again, because I, I didn't know anything about the film. And then Mark Ruffalo rocks up is like, oh, fuck, I like Ru- Mark Ruffalo. And then Keira Knightley rocks up is like, oh, I like Keira Knightley. And it said the director of Once, I was like, I fucking love Once. Jesus! <laughs> and it just built from there, and it's good fun. <laughs> Rubbing your fucking hair at that point. This week, I watched uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, I talked about Halloween 1 and 2 a few weeks back. But Season of the Bitch. <laughs> I, w- I want to go on day one about uh, Halloween 3. It's sort of renowned as being where the Halloween, it's the it's sort of renowned as being the film of the Halloween series sort of derailed. Now Halloween one and two unexpected massive successes and all the fucking audiences loved Michael Myers straight away. They wanted more Michael Myers, but the only person that didn't want more Michael Myers was John Carpenter. Mm. He says that after two films, he was unbelievably sick of Michael Myers and wanted him killed off because he thought that this big lumbering psychopath walking about and killing teenagers got old very quick. And you can kind of see where he was coming from, but. He had this really interesting idea of completely removing Michael Myers from the Halloween series mm. and he wanted to morph the Halloween series into an anthology series. So every year a film would be released, you know, based on Halloween, but it'd be different stories, different casts, and you know, different sort of horrors. It could be supernatural horror, it could be a monster movie or whatever, whatever. And Season of the Witch was, was the first one that they tried. And I completely fucking bombed because audiences just didn't accept it. They didn't accept it first of all. No, because where's, no where's Mike? Exactly. The, the, the first reason they didn't accept it because they were thinking, where the fuck's Michael Myers? And that completely threw them off. The second reason too is because it is one of the most mental fucking films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'll just give you a very brief synopsis of what the storyline is, right? At the very start of the film, you see this boy run down the street getting shissed by uh, these fucking well-dressed men. And he's clinging on to this really shitty looking pound shop Halloween mask. And then he gets taken into a hospital and he's all, they're going to kill us all, they're going to kill us all. 
and the doctor who's treating him is already talking about that's the main uh, the, the main character played by Tom Atkins I think his name is he was in the fog too but he was never a bad actor but uh, Tom Atkins leaves him, leaves him in his room and then one of the well dressed men breaks into the hospital and literally rips his face apart like rips his fist off then Tom Atkins catches the fucking boy in the nice suit in the act and chases him outside the building <laughs> right chases him outside Why the building he rip the his suit? No, <laughs> no because he's already how nice him. like how nice his suit like I mean, like, I must be for statue or something like that. I don't know. It looks like Devlin's, anyway. Put it this way. Could, <laughs> you, could you get the blazer and trousers for under 100, like? No chance. All right. You know what I mean? Square. And I'm getting this. These boys are backed financially. <laughs> 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 These boys are making serious hardcore cash. Our man, I fucking made all the costumes for Halloween 3, like. Is this a comment on just capitalism? Only enough can get that, too. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is how mental this film is. Like, they have so much stuff on there. It kind of blew my mind a bit, because I'd never watched it. Because I was always under the impression that it was naff as fuck and it completely, you know, derailed the franchise or whatever. So anyway, the doctor chases this well-dressed man outside and the well-dressed man is kind of a good bit ahead of him. So by the time he gets outside, your man who's going after fucking ripping the old boy's face off is sitting in his car <laughs> and he's all, here you fucker, and he's all, back or something like that. You know? he's all, he's mom all, I'm on back. I'm back with a fist. I'm on back with a fist. Give me a fucking fist. <laughs> and he saw it back on. He saw it back on your dick. <laughs> I do no fists. <laughs> but I show up they work on oh, no fists. Uh, no fists, that's Johnny No Fist for fuck's sake. I take a day off. You know what that means? Fucking fired. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> nice suits me whole. <laughs> but it's fucking right. Your man is sitting there after rubbing your man's fist off in the car. Doctor calls him, Mirror, whatever, mom backer, what the fuck you up there, something like that there. Then out of nowhere, and this is where the phone gets really mental. The boy in the car just pours petrol over himself, sets himself on fire and the fucking car blows up. And you're thinking, what the fuck is going on here, right? Then, for a very, because I don't want to fucking go off on one, and basically be frame for frame what the film's about. But the doctor then is led to this small town called Santa Mira on the outskirts of California where these masks are being produced uh, because he, he's got this inkling that, you know, the masks have a, have a role they play in all these kind of strange goings on or whatever. It turns out that the masks are made by an Irishman, an Irish millionaire, eccentric millionaire, who owns the Shamrock masking industries oh, now, now what essentially it is the is that he the Irish boy is like a pagan sort of overlord who has stolen a piece of Stonehenge and put wee pieces of Stonehenge inside microchips and put them inside the mask so he can kill stacks of children all over the world as a part of a pagan sacrifice for Shawin which was obviously the, the direct influence for Halloween on top of that too, there's all these fucking criticisms of Reaganomics and capitalism and how we can't trust big companies because, you know, like, you know the way Apple are obviously selling their masks and stuff like that there so you can fucking, you know, kill your wings and all. It is bizarre. It's one of the most bizarre films I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. not only does it kind of completely go away from, like, the slasher film, but then it's a supernatural horror, but then there's fucking... I'll see the boy as well who ripped your man's fist off. He's a robot too. You know what I mean? So there's no, ro- I, w- I was thinking that already. There's robots in there. There's supernatural horror. There's witchcraft, and you know what? See, is a that's a cool. This is what I'm getting there, right? See, is like a slice of '80s sort of cheese. Parts of it are so bad it's good, but I've and a while a lot of people it's been reevaluated massively in the past couple of years, and a while a lot of people have seen the charm of it and just not wrote it off. See, if it was its own standalone film, I think it would be a massive cult mm-hmm. in its own right, and a lot of people have seen it. Probably that. will be soon. Like I think it is. It's starting to get out of that sort of audience. It's it's starting to find its mm-hmm. audience now because it was released in eighty two, so what thirty three years ago. But 
I just kind of have to give him credit for just trying a story that was so mental, especially trying a story that was so mental mm-hmm. after the first two Halloween films, and it was completely the polar opposite of that. He probably should have done it instead of two, and then it probably would have been more accepted. That's what they said yeah. as well, because John mm-hmm. Carpenter wanted to cut Michael Myers out mm-hmm. after just no, the original he Halloween. He still brought him back or something, but, you know... Aye, but he if, want he, if he had done it instead of two, maybe it would have been more accepted. Yeah. He I wanted to cut him out after just the original Halloween, but then the producers, and because Halloween was you know one of the most successful independent films of all time, the producers, Dino De Laurentiis, was straight on that. And it was all, fuck out, we're making Halloween 2. Michael Myers is making a huge box office. So then, obviously, Carpenter wanted to get away from it. I respect it for the amount of ideas and how mental it is. It's just sometimes it is just pretty poorly executed. Like it's too many cooks, spoiler broth sort of thing. And as well, it as really fucking cheesy really naff in parts too but I just respect it for trying to go down a different route and trying to be fucking crazy and see just as a bit of crack it's the ultimate fall they fucking crack open a couple of cans and watch because I, I put it on the arnie because I need a horror film to watch and I've always loved the Halloween series and it's the only one of the Halloween series that I haven't watched because cool. I've always kind of like deliberately avoided it but as a standalone film it's 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 a bit of crack like, and mm. you, you do kind of have to respect that they're balls for, for trying it you know what I mean and as well it's got a blaster and soundtrack which is done by Kirpner. Uh-huh. And that's like the last film that Kirpner was ever involved with the Halloween series because Halloween 3 was a massive, massive box office failure, like a gigantic box office failure because nobody wanted to go see it because Michael Myers wasn't on it. So then he just washed his hands and then they ended up making about fucking five or six or eight ones. Like. I was going to say, how many <clears throat> Halloween films are there? They're in the original series, Halloween 1 and 2, then Season of the Witch, which is the only non-slasher, and then there's four, five, six. I think six. there's ten. There's no, there's eight, I think. There's four, five, and six, and then I think there's Halloween H2O, which is, which is the 20 year anniversary, H2O, and then Rob Zombie's recreated it as well. Halloween Halloween 2. Aye. Right. So, yeah. Nine. Bananas fun, but see, just as I say, for a bit of a laugh, you're sitting on one and you got nothing What's to do. What's a recreation? That's shit, eh? Pish. Yeah. See, if you want to see something completely different, and something that actually is quite original, but maybe not executed as well as what it should be, definitely give it a go. It's a good laugh. Yeah. I watched Idle Hands this week. Yeah, horror, Mickey. Me and Mickey well, had a discussion it, during That's a horror. It's a comedy. Me and Mickey had a discussion during a week that Mickey doesn't like horror films. And I, I, I find it quite I'll cute. Be, but I'll be the audience this time. I don't know what it is. Mickey scares easy. Right. I, I <clears> don't <throat> really like horror films. I, I just don't like being scared. So many. But uh, no, so we like we wanted to do like horror films for the Halloween special. So I've seen Idle Hands was on Netflix. I've never actually seen it. And... It's. A, I wouldn't say it's a. Is it really like a cult kind of thing? It's just. It's kind of in the background of I a think cult. It's semi-cult. Is this the one? It was out for some reason. I remember. It's Seth Green. It's Seth Green and Foggy from Daredevil. And Devon Sawyer, who was Stan from the music video Stan. Uh, and Jess Gelba. The plot is that this kind of stoner kid. I can't even mind his name. But uh, he, he just wakes up one morning and his his man dad's dead which takes him pretty much most of the day to realise because he's a stoner and he's just watching TV and eating food all day. But uh, he realises then... That's that a shoe, McKinley. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a podcast as well, by chance? <laughs> that was before podcast. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure what year it was. 96. 96, there you go. Um, but yeah, so he he realises he uh, his man dad's dead and then he brings over his friends and he's all like, oh, my man dad's dead, what am I supposed to do? And I'll here. And there... There's this rumor about the town that there's a killer on the loose and all's here kind of crack. But then his hand starts going mental <laughs> and he kills his best friends, Seth Green and Foggy from Daredevil. I don't know the actor's name. 
but he kills them really quickly. And then I was like, fuck, like, but before I stuck this on, like, it was it was saying, like, Seth Green and all this, I thought it'd be in most of the movie. Yeah. This is about the first 10 minutes or something. Yeah. You're like, for fuck's sake. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so the whole thing is his hand is possessed, so he's trying to control his hand when, but his hand just wants to kill people, basically. Can he just, can he not just walk away? Oh, because his hands attached to him. Hands attached to him, yeah, but can he not just dander with his feet that aren't possessed? No, because the hand like pulls him about. Yeah. No, it's hands got strength, man. It it is actually done kind of well, like how the hand ends up. It's like the people. claw on layer layer sort of. Aye. it's sort of like you know, like, even <laughs> even like aye, even like the fucking sort of going back to Simpsons, and obviously they've got the the class. Well, they used to be class Treehouse of Horrors, and they've got so many horror film references on there. It's sort of like the monkey's claw. You know what I mean? That that famous sort of thing. Well, that's well, more no, like I don't. Grant's wishes. <laughs> Actually, uh, I got that completely wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I got that completely wrong. Work away. But uh, yeah, so it's it's just about uh, him. it's kind of like a Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about him basically trying not to kill people. It's a comedy horror. So it's it's, it's comedy. Mickey's still afraid of horror. <laughs> it's a comedy horror, right? But uh, I, I was, I was it, actually almost tempted the other night to come over and hold your hand, you know. It is very much in the vein of kind of mall rats kind of thing. Like it yeah. it 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 regressed me back into like a fifteen year old watching yeah. it. Because I I was texting Shan Jarrett and Jessica Alba's in it as well, and I was like, every shot in this film is just to show how hot Jessica Alba is, yeah. and I was like perving on her, and I was like, Jesus Christ, how hot is Jessica Alba? And all <laughs> is that was our first time. <laughs> but then there's there's one shot Two of hit. tits in the film as well. Here's looking at fools there now. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one shot of tits in the film as well, and when the tits came, I was like, oh fuck tits. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, Am I, I, for- yeah. I, I forgot about tits. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the internet. <laughs> yeah. And my easy accent and all this stuff. But during the tits scene... It's like back in the day when you used to pause at rude scenes, wasn't it? <laughs> and have a fondle. <laughs> I don't do it, anyway. But during, during the tits scene is, is one of the kind of more creepier bits of it because... At, at this stage, the hand is on the loose. Like, the boy cut off his hand, so the hand's bitten about by itself then. But the she's getting her tits out because she's messing about her boyfriend. But then uh, the the big possessed hand comes up and starts fondling her tits yeah, and all, and it's it's, re- it's really quite creepy. I'm just thinking as well, yeah, man. From Halloween three, when no face and Devon Sawyer with no hand, they should start like a fucking group or something. Like, like <laughs> because they're both gonna get sacked. Marjo, you know what I mean? They're both fucked. Uh, Imagine a possessed hand and a robotic body. Ooh. <laughs> I thought it was a grand film, maybe because it did regress me to back to being a fifteen year old, but. You know, if if it has that kind of power and it has that a, that sort of charm that a kid make you feel a bit, you know, I love juvenile that. again. Mickey always slag me about this, but it is my favorite term when it comes to film. It acts like a time capsule, <laughs> and I think Idle Hands is like that because it regresses you back on that. Because it's like when I watch the likes of Mallrats or any sort of Kevin Smith film, who I was crazy about when I was in my teens and when I was first getting that film, like even like Chase and Amy or, or Clerks or whatever. Or if I watch. Even stuff like Kindergarten Cop, when you watch as, as a Wayne, <coughs> it has that power to bring you back. Mm. Not only nostalgic of when you first seen it, but like how you felt around that time and your feelings of when you first seen it. And it's something that we chatted about, I think, uh. way back in like the second podcast. Childhood cinema. And not cinema of, you know, four children, but the cinema that you grew up with. And the kind of effects, the reverberations that that has when you're older and how it influences what you like when you're an older person. Do you I, know? I think there's a lot, th- there's fucking theses that could be written now. Do you know for some reason what came into my head there now? I, I don't know why. Maybe it was because it was around the same time. 
But this just came into my head. You're the page master. Yes. Macaulay <laughs> oh man. I'm I just, I just, I, I literally wrote it down on my phone there just to go remember the page master because I fucking completely forgot about it. Loved it. Did Zemeckis make it? I don't know, but you know, it's really Zemeckis sort of film on that. You know what's crazy is like, I mean, obviously Macaulay Culkin was huge when we were kids, and he was about the same age as us, and he had like Home Alone. It's a sort of forgotten Macaulay Culkin. And you had Richie Rich, but nobody remembers the page master. It's mm. fucking class. It's lethal. Really, really good, and it's. Well, maybe again, this is just nostalgia kicking in. But from what I remember, for the time, it had some fucking unreal effects of mixing, you know, like the animation with live I, action. I have a, f- I have a feeling it's, I have, a, I have a feeling it must be Lucasfilm or something because they they did all that sort of young Sherlock Holmes yeah. stuff and all, and they they did some really groundbreaking stuff. I have a feeling that they may be the same. People. Even though I haven't seen, well, I, I don't think I remember. <laughs> I went to son when he see it, my father, and that's the last time went to see it. And I think it was yeah. released in like nineteen ninety four, so I haven't seen it in about twenty one years. Yeah. But even in my sort of nostalgic mind, from what I can remember of it, I remember it kind of blew me away visually. It's one of the first films and only films I remember from that age seeing in the cinema because it was so and so mm. different. So I would like to watch it again to see how it holds up. We should all watch a page master as well. Yeah, definitely. We'll get a bag of cans after this. How much a page master? Even though I'm, I'm fucking actually, no, I'm well fit. After we I'm well fit. Let's watch a fucking page master. And as well, it's pure. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like, when we'll sit down there playing again, like I can't watch a fucking page master. <laughs> That's fucking magic. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on to news. <laughs> okay, news. <laughs> totally. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed how we try to theme this whole episode and it's fallen this fucking in case in, in case you're like listening back on like past episodes of the podcast and it's like April, <laughs> this was really throwing Halloween. <laughs> and I, just to confirm, Mac Mac is not a dick. <laughs> and he was recording. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, the first news is Star Wars trailer. Oh, fuck, I couldn't, trailer. couldn't have guessed that Mickey was going to bring us up. In all fairness, so I think that every fucking podcast on trailer. Earth is going to be talking about the, the Star Wars trailer. Aye, looks unbelievable, right? I've never been a Star Wars fan, but even from that trailer, as a standalone trailer, looks phenomenal. But what I love more than anything is, as we all know, Michael Breslin is the biggest Star Wars fan of all time. And see any time when I was watching, oh, apart from George Lucas, then I apart from George Lucas, he's a big fan of his own gear. He fucking is. Apparently, he's wounded. Hair does not wounded too. But uh-huh. see, when I was watching that trailer, I was kind of shooting we kind of crafty glances over to Mickey just while he was watching it. And even though I guarantee that Mickey has probably watched that trailer about forty times this week, probably didn't go to work with it and just watch that trailer and repeat. It was just he had like a, a childlike smile on his face. <laughs> he looked like he was in heaven. And it was beautiful. And what's nice is that I know for a fact that millions of, you know, unsuccessful men who never quite peaked like Mickey are going to be watching that trailer on repeat and thinking, you know what, th- th- this is this is life for me. This this is great. I, I want this. I've been waiting for this for about ten years. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've pre-ordered my Star Wars. Seen that too. That was also lovely. Hi. Uh, um. I really like the. The whole Star Wars thing. <laughs> no, <what'd> you, <laughs> no. you ever got that whole Star Wars thing? That whole, you, know? you got the whole Star Wars thing going. Good to see Harry come prepared, anyway. No, I think he was the right man for the job. JJ Abrams, like you know. But you're gonna say George Lucas. No, no, I'm saying JJ Abrams, like George R. Abrams. George R. Abrams. Oh Jesus, you've been in too many forums, mate. But no, um. Watching that kind of makes me think, fuck, imagine he 
directed the other three. Mm, I bought up in Sohan. I actually, actually, I still, I still do like the other three. I just I have a feeling that his one, especially just this first one, is is gonna be Sohan's special work. We were saying, like, obviously, when we were watching the trailer before we started the podcast, and I think I said it a couple of months ago too, and it's probably not the fucking the most out there statement. Like, I'm not trying to say that all oh, I said it before anybody else, because I'm sure a lot of people made this call, but because of the hype, because of the build up, because it's Star Wars, because it's being backed by Disney, and it's, it is probably the biggest franchise ever, definitely the most kind of culturally significant, I would be very surprised if it doesn't become the highest grossing film ever. Uh-huh. It, it's one of those films that it's not just going to be a film release it's going to be a cultural sort of movement sort of thing yeah. it is going to be fucking gigantic I mean people have been talking about it now for the past two years now that the, like the final trailer in itself was like a film release and that yeah. just shows how big a franchise or how big a deal Star Wars is that even a fucking two and a half minute trailer is greeted with a sort of worldwide discussion you know what I mean uh-huh. it's mental like. see I, I, I give do you just as an idea of (coughs) pace and movement I was watching an old black and white Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes there the other day their class so good Hound of Basketball is my favourite lethal but I I was watching I think I was watching Boys of Terror I haven't even seen that he is about he's about fucking 30 but in terms of pacing I think generally and film especially film storytelling pacing just gets naturally just gets quicker especially for pop releases it just gets quicker that's yeah. just a rule like yeah but i think um boy abrams because he's such i mean what we see in things like super eight i mean there's such a fondness <sighs> of, of of the time and of spielberg and all talk about he is he's he's not gonna rush it he's, he's not gonna he's gonna take there's a lot of even in that trailer you can see there's a lot of care in that trailer like Back just for, uh, about how he's going to bring that film together and when it, when it's on with the action that's on and when there's moments of wow moments he's I mean we can see he can fucking do it by Star Trek like Back time because like, I yeah. don't fucking like Star Trek but I like those films I was the very same as you I mm. had absolutely not one but interest in Star Trek and I very begrudgingly watched his obviously uh, reboot of the first one loved it and I actually loved it so much that I was dying for Star Trek and the darkness uh, which I think was even better I'm actually tempted the they stick it up because if I tell my dad we watch Star Trek, he'd be like, "No, nah. I'm tempted to just stick it on." I'm actually half tempted they burn the DVD on my Cloak computer. Cloak it as an R film. Burn the DVD on my computer, cut the title out of it, mm. and then just say actor, actor, blah, 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 so on and so on, and just stick and then reburn it without the Star Trek title on it and just watch it. Or you could just fast forward. And and then tell <laughs> tell him after no no he no he'll see it like oh he's crafty like John same, always catches same on I'll, same boy I'll catch on <laughs> uh, but uh, I was t- tempted because I was watching it was all this is full action it's full of fucking whatever it's really such a good film that it's just it's weird these big titles I mean they they make so much money because they are these titles but you know it's a shame that people aren't looking at them because of. Oh, oh no, it's fucking that's for geeks. I know. But like, in all fairness, I mean, like we we would have been of, of the same. Have a fucking open mind about it, like yeah. that. We would have been the same. Mark. I suppose more of that age, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who go on that way are that age. What you were saying though about Superate, Superate has that sort of Spielberg nostalgic '80s feeling, and I know that's a reason why I got a lot of grief because that went over a lot of people's heads, and a lot of people seen it as almost trying to like be an imitation of Spielberg, and really it was just trying to honor. It was a nice homage. Yeah, it was, it was nice a nice homage. Was... But then what I loved is that he could do that nice sort of 
character building setting, but also done it with a bit of piss, like you were saying. But uh, then he could nail action scenes too, because some of the action scenes in Super 8, which are few and far between, are not only really well shot, but they're really considered. They're mm. not there just for the sake of, you know, making up time or giving you a jump in the You're seat. Right they're there for the sake of actually developing the story. Uh, and I think th- the main thing about Super 8 is it's a show about these kids who obviously find this fucking sort of alien device. But it's almost like the ultimate MacGuffin because you don't really give a shit uh, about the alien. Kinda, you care ex- about the kids. Uh, it's ex- Stand By Me meets fucking Close Encounters or something. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's really well made. Suppose, too, anyways, like, you know. no, definitely E.T. Uh, but even just... Probably like, more so E.T. Than was, uh, you know, like, like Spielberg <coughs> in Super 8 and maybe like in Cloverfield, which he produced, he seems to be really, really good at crafting worlds. You know what I mean? Like he crafts like a post... Well, okay, he only produced Cloverfield, so we'll not forget that, but he... That was uh, crafted as like a, a post 9-11 look at New York and that's uh, why it's even scary when you see the fucking Statue of Liberty. This fucking film universes are really confident. They're really tight. Really confident. Because that uh, small wee kind of tight knitted community in like Southern California that he's got in Super 8, it just feels real. And it's got the wee steel mill going on and it's got this sort of, you know, sheriff who's well respected but everybody knows his business and stuff like that too. Uh, uh, it's, it, it's, it's class and I think that's one of the main strengths and I mean obviously he's going to need that to be able to pick up the pieces of some of the most iconic characters, if not the uh, most iconic characters ever in cinema, he's going to need that sure fullness to be able to kind of, like I say, reinvigorate the franchise after like those really last disappointing three films. Yeah, well, he... he Are they that disappointing? No, do you hate them that much? Well, see, I'm not, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but I, I still really like the original three. The, the other four, five, and six, I'm, I'm not well about, like... I don't. I think they're mediocre. No, four, them? five, and six is the original. You know what I mean. Uh, one, two, <laughs> and three. Yeah. Uh, what, do you hate them? One, two, and three. Um. Do Do you honestly? I I haven't seen them since they've came out. Really. Mm. Like I watched them when they came out, and I've seen them bits and pieces on TV, but I've never went back but, and rewatched. Uh, I have been actually thinking recently of going back and rewatching them and just because mm. there's I know there's some good stuff in there. There's I mean, definitely like, good elements in all of them. Okay. But I. I I wouldn't mind going back to watch it, but I don't own the prequels. Mm. Like, so. Does that does not, not say a lot, though, you know, about those three films, you as a gigantic Star Wars fan, and you'll happily watch the original trilogy, and you said that it actually just brings you happiness, like uh, one of the nice things you said once a Star Wars has <laughs> happiness, do you? But even though you're such a big, massive Star Wars fan, you've kind of not watched the other three since they came out. And uh. certainly, as a Star Wars fan, if you loved everything Star Wars, you'd be... You know, or at least rewatching it a couple of times a year. Does that not show that they were kind of disappointed and really have no, to work? No, yeah, it does. Like, but it's I have been thinking recently, maybe just going back because no, no matter what you think about the prequels, they're there now, they're there, exactly. and they're they're part of the the canon of the yeah, overall yeah. story of Star Wars. And there's some important stuff in there, and there's some good elements to all of them as well. So, I will. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't want to completely disregard them. I mean, I might say flippantly sometimes, like, fuck the prequels or whatever, yeah. but... DSM and pay? Yeah. <laughs> Guess how much I paid for Attack of Clones. I bought a DVD. pounds. £22.50. What? Uh-uh. Fucking hell. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I rented some, and then there was a, a rent-free whatever. I said, sure, I'll get Attack of Clones. Sorry. Get a wee look at her, and then... Uh, Glad to have ye. Same sort uh, of DVD price I keep in George Lucas and soft seats. Let me tell you uh, And I was just, I uh, sort of threw it on, and I mean, I was just like, fuck. And uh, honestly, be- because I'd have decent TV and all there at the time, or, or I think we had a PlayStation, so it was DVD. And right. it, was kind of, it, was, it was just looking good. It was better than VHS, and it was just like, 
fuck me. I think it was around the time when the extra version was half VHS, half DVD, and yeah. I was just like, fuck me, this looks amazing. I suppose that's more a comment hey. on that time period too, because when DVDs it, first it came was out, they were and, and it was a expensive. film that was just like, it was the first proper fucking, properly digital, visual yeah, film. I mean, and I was just like, this is fucking stolen looking. Yeah, the, the, the prequels are gorgeous to look at, like, especially for the time and, they, and, actually, and George, I still like a second one and George George Lucas says himself though that they they were developing new technology yeah. and all this here and <laughs> I mind him saying in an interview one time like if if there was no Jar Jar you wouldn't have Avatar which yeah. I don't really know how a big selling point that is but yeah. Uh, they they like that like Jar Jar Banks was cotton egg te- cotton edge technology like I reckon Jim Cameron's got something to say about that like <laughs> but you uh, but you know what I mean like they it, like it, they were always pushing it with the prequels and they were always going for the best visuals. Do, do you know yeah. what's what's crazy with the prequels? You know, like the Phantom Menace and stuff like that. What kind of gets lost in like the the sort of history is because the Phantom Menace was near enough the most anticipated film ever, and because people wanted more Star Wars after like near enough a twenty year gap without having them, due to all that expectancy and all that publicity and stuff we get, and because it was so disappointing, it kind of gets <coughs> washed away that it was huge technology at the time. You know, it was kind of revolutionary. I think another reason as well, and I read an article about this a while back that it gets lost is because it was released in the same year as the Matrix. And the Matrix developed its own unbelievably good technology and bullet time. And that was a fresh news story. And it was kind of like the Emperor's New Clothes sort of thing. Over there, Star Wars trying to recreate the visuals of the past. But and it, and it, is, and it actually is a Star Wars story too. Yeah, in a way. Do like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's the same. It's, yeah. it's almost... You could, you could have you could have them next to each other. Remember, we did this when we introduced Hero's Journey. How Star Wars and the Matrix is the same yeah, fucking story. Yeah, but I, what I was going to say is actually the new generation that we're coming on they with Star Wars as I think the best time for Star Wars. Yeah. You know, you're going to have all these things. Oh, I would love to hear that story. I would love to hear a story. They're fucking finally listening to all these fans and going, I would love to hear this here. Rogue One and all is coming out. And well, what I'm saying actually really is is that what Marvel kind of started now is that it's okay to cross-reference other films mm-hmm. and spin off into all these other films way referring to the same universe it's it, it essentially is marvel that's kind of popularized that as much as everybody loves a wee camo here and there like even like fucking michael keaton appearing in jackie brown and out of sight is the same character yeah. but Oy! and you're like audiences fucking love that shit most lo- i always find that sh- the most low-key camo of all time <laughs> I know. it's not even like he's a massive character in jackie brown like but it's just it's just cool like, 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 i i risk his hank soda we're gonna turn to our friends yeah, like just the world, really i suppose quick but uh well no it's it's the same book series see, it's Elmer Leonard I know but I mean like it's not even about the book series I'm just saying like it's not like the character was ever iconic it's just nice yeah. to see him pop up you know I what I mean just laughing, I, but I'm sure it's just happened over a couple of beers nah, exactly. like, as well, just like, couple it. of cans so what's Keats doing these days Keats is off right now he's doing fuck all he's living off his Batman way he'll rock up in Force Awakens but that that whole thing of just we I uh, just cameos and all that there and just not even cameos but like even those those end things like at the end of the what was it at the end of the Hulk Tony Stark showed up and all yeah you know things like that they started that and audiences now it's a thing of wait after credits wait after credits and all and it's just that stuff is just you know and even the fucking Fast and Furious series is doing it too like yeah. certain 
Because they were all disjointed there for ages until fucking Diesel came on as a producer before. And especially five when he started going like actually normally link all these films and make them the same universe. But it's it's very gratifying for fans as well, especially of like maybe comic book. And you get rewarded for what you watch. You get rewarded for it because you notice wee things or wee tiny uh, Easter eggs you would say that they've thrown in there that maybe no one else or like a casual viewer or maybe mm. somebody hasn't read the comics like yet and it's nice to reward those comic yeah. book fans because without the fans of the comic book and making the comic book character huge then they would never have been popular enough to get their uh, own film and their own film series so it's uh, exactly uh, it's a nice reward I remember there was a moment and uh, sorry it's only if you're a Fast and Furious fan you would understand it but uh, <laughs> you know no, there's only a billion of them. <laughs> there's only a goddamn billion of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not really a small one, they fall. Eddie really convinced me, friend, to come and see us here. Christopher, who was on the fucking podcast, Aye. really convinced me. I'm not fucking going to watch a fucking car film. Seriously. I was just all, Monday, they fuck it. will be good crack, big action out there. And I was all, Mom, we'll get a wee half bottle as well. I was all, all right then. <laughs> so we headed down there. Are we fucking, are we, are we cider? I'm a whiskey. And then uh, we headed on and watched it. He fucking really enjoyed it, but yeah. there was that scene where uh, Diesel and The Rock fight, a bit in a fucking line at each other, you know, in this fucking warehouse or whatever. Always a warehouse. And then, uh, and then. Chelsea, <coughs> keep your car. Aye. Seems they like a prime scrapping location for these films. Diesel, fucking. He, he gets. Warehouse the, or he, desert? He gets the upper hand, anyway, and he's fucking about to go for it. And then I think. Or no, I think The Rock does have the upper hand. Diesel reaches for an old fucking range, and he's about to fucking knock a skull off, fucking The Rock, right? But uh, then you just hear the wee sister go, Duff! Look out there. And then he just fucking hits it right next to his head. Only if you've seen the first film would you know what that means. I <laughs> 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 explained that they crossed the cinema. Fin Diesel was in prison before the first film started. <laughs> no, I get, no I, get, I get where it is. I. Have you seen the film? Aye. No, I haven't seen that film, but I've seen the first one. I know aye, what the reference aye. is, but one thing I want to pose thee in real life I think it's a first because that rocket kicked the whole lot of Van Diesel. Definitely. That rocket. Because, in all fairness, old Vinny's been getting a bit of grief recently for getting a bit of a dad body on him. Getting a bit of fatness out of age. Hey, I've got no criticism about that. But the rock is actually just turned into a human rock. That man is unbelievably ripped. He's Hercules. Mm. Yes, he is. Well, oh, well, let's not talk about that for him. No, but he is Hercules. He is, he is <laughs> technically Hercules. But, I don't know. No, I was always thought about that as in, as he thought, I always thought that was going to look like a really stupid fight, but they actually, they actually it's, it's a good fight. Have you seen the Fast Five? I know, you see, this is the thing. Me and Chan are commenting on a film we haven't seen. <laughs> We've only seen from it. Actually, no, fall. honestly, because what going on there is like, ah, fuck off. Fuck okay. off, mate. Fuck off, Because we always talked about uh, he wanted, if Diesel wanted Tommy Jones to be this boy that haunts him down. That would have been so good. So it would have been Diesel bitting the fuck out of Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> well, no, no. See, see <laughs> that would have been certainly ageism. Because be, Diesel be would have beat the fucking head of Tommy Lee Jones. To be fair, Lost Muff jumps I on. think there's no Why way. Why are you beating up an old man? <laughs> there's no way Tommy Lee Jones would have appeared in that film. I don't think so. But I suppose he had Ted Levine and all the other ones and stuff like that. But I don't think he would have appeared in it. I just had a serious brainwave. You know, we were talking about crossing but, genres and we can't move on there chatting about maybe Van Diesel bit in the head of Tommy Lee Jones what if it wasn't Tommy Lee Jones just an, an, like a normal random character what if he mashed up Men in Black with Fast and Furious he's, a, he's about to whack him with a crowbar and he just flashes him he's about to whack him with a crowbar Will Smith's in there bits ahead of him and they just wipe his fucking just rainbow. call it Men and Raids no just Men and Cares yeah Men and Raids that sounds, or something that like. terrible trying to get gangster for it like, Men, men and Raids Men and Raids yeah what about too fast two aliens uh, uh, fast and black 
Jeg sagde en bogjust. Åh, fuck, nej, det er også en raske. Men det er en reason why uh, fucking The Rock is rocking this Texas accent on it. Er det? Uh, he is in the fast five. Oh. He is like, oh, <coughs> does he does he kind of wean it off in the rest? <laughs> does he do so, a fast so, No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, you know, it's just kind of hanging all. Uh, Fuck off, mate. <laughs> he's just all like you know they, they meet in Rio and all, and uh, because there's they these are government guys. They yeah. sent after they fucking track him down and all. I fucking dumb. Just so I don't feel like I'm under arrest. Hey, what about you, Brian? Do you feel like you're under arrest? No, and then the rocks him all. Take a minute, it'll sink in. <laughs> <laughs> it'll sink up my dodgy leg. At the same time, it's just, he's hosting <laughs> fuck. He is probably, I think he is the biggest handle, no demands, a cold python. <laughs> it's like, it's like the modern version of the Dirty Harry Magnum. Aye, like, as soon as you said cold python, I thought Dirty Harry. Aye. Magnum force field just. Fucking, it, it, I mean, Dirty Harry's looks like a fucking 38 with the longest nose on it ever. A cold python kind of looks looks a wee bit more, you know, what would you say, proportional. Yeah. It's the same gun, but it just looks a bit less stupid. Uh, <laughs> some parts of Dirty Harry, it just looks like he's holding a drain pipe. It's like a uh, just all pipe! He probably is. <laughs> just holding a pipe up, boys. But <laughs> they bring it back to the Star Wars. Just on this pipe. Uh, so uh, I just hold on to this pipe. <laughs> and all fairness, that puts a complete different spin on the line. Do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah. What's his actual intentions like? These pipes are holding. But they bring it back to the Star Wars trailer. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Dirty Harry was in the seventies. Nice segue, Mac. Uh, I like exactly. It. I like you, it. Me and Heron always had the intention <clears throat> of going back to seventy cinema. That's it. That's it. As they say. The Falcon has landed. And you could technically say as well that Star Wars, you know, men hold pipes in Star Wars. Lightsabers, they're technically sort of... Light pipes. Light pipes. (laughs) They're sort of technically like intergalactic pipes, aren't they? And when they go to light speed, the stars actually look like a million wee pipes coming out. Well, that's an interesting thing from the trailer that you see the Falcon in the... The light speed actual kind of tunnel thing. See, you give me a hearing grief. You should have started off all the time for going off topic. You know... No, don't. I just find talking with Star so Wars old. and you're talking about fucking Fast and Furious. <laughs> boys holding their pipe. But I mean, you get on the main hair all the time for going off topic. We actually, we, we planned this before and we, we we want to set you up there now. Put out the red carpet for you, just a nice wee segue on your next topic. We handed you at least five setups. 100%. Like, just, you know. But anyway. Shut the fuck up. Star Wars. <laughs> the Falcon has re-landed. Oh. Cut it there two seconds. Boss of our patch. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Are you I'm fucking sorry. serious? Oh, I'm, I'm literally sorry. just about to start talking I'm about Star sorry. Wars, I'm and then you call cut in the just, fucking thing. It was the thing. best cut point. It was the best cut point. How was that the best cut point? Give you a wee minute to think about it. No, I don't need. I, I've been sitting here for fucking twenty minutes. Sorry, 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 pal. I'm sorry. I know it was bad, but I'm really, really actually about to punch myself. Uh, ah, fuck your uh, chair. Hi. So anyway, Star Wars. Star Wars trailer looks sweet, like. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing more to say. Do you know well, what? I, I did, but you know. Yeah, I think. Right. <laughs> I think all our pipe talking, lateral pipe talking, just uh, pummeled them with this emotion, the poor man. But no, come on, we we want the the greatest Star Wars fan and Derry to deconstruct <laughs> that trailer for us. We want we want your A game here. Any any Star Wars listeners want to hear what you have to say, man? I thought it looks fucking sweet though. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do. No, I'm not joking. No, what were you going to say? No, it's, it's, it's something I kind of wanted to go into is 
all right, I'm a massive Star Wars fan. I'm going to like whatever trailer they put up kind oh, yeah. of thing. But if you actually look at the way they've marketed for this film, they did the teaser and then another teaser. And now this is the proper full trailer you've gotten. And it's the only kind of full trailer they're doing. And they release it on the day where the pre-order sales go for the tickets yeah. being released in uh, December. And it's it's just so fucking smart the way they've done the whole thing. And just, like, it's so easy to overbuild this kind of hype. I mean, something that kind of made me think about it was The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. If you remember when that was coming out, they that was on every fucking ad. And they had loads of TV spots, loads of trailers, loads of like uh clips that they release and all and by the time it came out you're kind of fed up of saying about yeah. it you know what I mean yeah. and they just they just drip it fed you because they know everybody wants a star wars trailer they yeah. could have released fucking four or five of them yeah. if they really wanted yeah. they but they're just holding holding back just teasing you and teasing uh, you. and even though this <clears> is a full trailer and it gives you the most insight into what the actual film's about mm. i mean you see uh the character Ray, who's the, the scavenger, you see at the beginning on the Star Destroyer, we BB-8, the wee droid, and then you see Kylo Ren, which is Adam Driver's character, and you actually see him with Darth Vader's helmet. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck, he actually has his fucking helmet, <laughs> because there's there's been rumors and all, and J.J. Abrams has said a few things about that uh, Kylo Ren is going on a journey, and he's kind of following on from vader's journey and he's kind of obsessed with vader and kylo ren is actually a part of like a like a kind of religion as well they're called the knights of ren right and they haven't said what the knights of ren are but that there's that shot in the trailer where it's him and just surrounded by a bunch of boys that kind of look like him that's obviously the knights of ren well i'm saying i don't know it's probably not but (laughs) but uh yeah, so he he has all his boys, and they're obviously they they seem to be scavengers as well, but they're kind of searching for Vader's purpose or something like that. Yeah. Here, because he even has has the line of like, "I'm going to follow on what you did and all us here," and it brought the question to me like, do, like obviously in Return of the Jedi, like Vader had kind of like a deathbed repentance kind of thing, like yeah. he he killed the Emperor uh, Spoilers <laughs> for <laughs> Return of the Jedi. But I suppose I. I don't know if you're about to get this, but I suppose that story is going to be enough now. I mean, obviously, yeah. in space, there's no press. They say, oh, I sacked this. Well, you see, that, that's another thing. The only you, person you he got... told was his son, Luke, who actually isn't even on the fucking trailer. I see that. That's another really, really interesting thing. Luke isn't on the fucking trailer. That's one thing I was going to say, right? And you're talking about, like, uh, in regards to Amazing Spider-Man 2, using that as a case study about, like, oversaturation and Amazing over-marketing. Sorry, what did I say? Just Spider-Man. Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, the amazing Spider-Man 2 and like oversaturation and stuff like that. What's crazy is not only has it been so smartly built up market-wise for The Force Awakens, but essentially, besides Darth Vader, the main character of the original trilogy, you haven't seen him once Yeah. in any trailer. And that's so good because even though they've shown you so much bit by bit, there's still so much they're withholding from me because mm. everybody's wondering and there's obviously this rumor right. going about you know is Luke Skywalker going to turn evil bullshit but that'd be such a ballsy move right. even at no. that I mean even small things like I mean you, you haven't seen Leia even though nobody really gives a fuck about well, it no, no, no Leia's in the trailer there's, there's a short 
quick clip of uh, Leia uh, uh, hugging Han. I didn't even notice. Yeah, she's on it for about and half a second. That, I know, yeah, when, the, I know when the the teaser before this trailer, Chewbacca, who's also a fan favorite, he's not on the, the main trailer whatsoever. Like. Yeah, he is. He is. is he? Uh, Aye, there's he, a shot with him and Han standing. Uh, Aye, they 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 have their hands held up and then they start lowering, lowering down their hands. Aye, That's all blue pants. But I mean, it's probably because you're watching me watch the trailer. I'm saying I was I was just I was I was too busy watching one of my best friends, True Joy, just at this trailer being played in front of him, but. Yeah, so, uh, what Heron brought up as well, that it's what happened in the original trilogy, it's become myth now. And uh, you, you have in the trailer Han saying, like, oh, the Force, the dark side, and all that, it's all true. I love that. And it's, uh, it just, it just that shows that. It's a really point that trailer, Yeah, it's fucking amazing. And, but what, what uh, I heard somebody point out, because I've been watching kind of trailer deconstructions and all, because I'm a fucking weirdo, as, uh, <laughs> It, it kind of looks like that they're standing in the same bit of the Millennium Falcon that in the first film, just A uh, New Hope, that Han, no, 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 Han is saying to Luke, it's like, oh, I, I, I've been back and forth of this galaxy. I ain't never heard of no force. No, yeah, that, and, oh, that, no, that's exactly what it is like, because it's been 100%. It's, oh, it's actually become a meme already, even though the trailer was only released like three days ago. It's an amazing wee reference point because it's just showing... In the original series, Han was, you know, cynical, sort of fucking like a cowboy of, you know, space, uh, and he was just bitting away with you and fucking, you know, shooting boys and just having that crack. And he was really cynical, and now you show him aged, and it's an old Harrison Ford or an old yeah. Han, and he does know, and he does know that all stuff exists, and he's giving it on the end of the new generation. Uh, I thought that was really cool, and I think that's why they use that uh, as the focal point of that trailer. And, know, I, and I think just gen- generally in the trailers, they've... They've done a really good job of introducing the new cast and giving you wee drips and drabs of the old and yeah. just, but not even just the cast. It it feels like Star Wars, old school Star Wars, but then they're bringing on this new stuff. Like they have new X ones, they have new X wings, they have new Tie Fighters. It's all been changed, but it still has that feel of the old school. And I mm. think that's a really smart way of combining the old and the new they uh, bring it move it forward for yeah. the new generation of star wars fans. I, think, I think you're exactly right and one last thing that's just a question to you star wars boy do you think they'd be ballsy enough to have a wee fucking vader flashback or not i i, I don't think they, they would do it i think that the, the the sheer fact that they that they have the helmet yeah and that in itself balls enough like. I, because uh if you remember i think it was the first teaser maybe the second one you just seen the helmet and you heard the the Vader breathing. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe they could do something mental like that like Kylo Ren is kinda talking to Vader in his head or something like that. Yeah. Like he's because from what I hear about Kylo Ren, like he's obsessed with Vader mm. and all that kind of car. And there's rumors floating about like is 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 Kylo Ren like some sort of descendant from uh Vader, like Or is he some like sort of fanboy, like an obsessive? Right. He's I, see, a cult around him. I well you see that that's essentially what you kinda know about him. But is is he so, like somehow like uh, Han and Leia's son or something yeah. or or because the the other uh-huh. Gerdan and Ray, there's rumors like are are they actually brother and sister, and they've just they've taken two different like she she's kind of rejecting her, uh, relationship to Vader her descendants of Vader but he's kind of going on it and that's why they've split and she's become a scavenger. And he's go- and he, well, he's done the same thing, but he's going after all the kind of Vader uh, thing behind I, it. I think you know that scavenger, that what couple of scenes we saw of it looks fucking unreal. Look phenomenal. Uh, it actually reminded me of see those kind of 
big wide empty vacant tunnels but they're huge and they're surrounded by all this sort of technology yeah. it reminded me you know like at the start of like alien where they're going through the kind of uh, place where oh they're about to find the ship it reminded so me of that it and like they're so kind of vaulting down there and sorry we, we haven't even talked about john boyega yeah, I know. Yeah. He he looks fucking incredible, and it's, and it's like I, I'm kind of combining all the traders because it's all we've had, and yeah. kind of if you look at him from the very first one where he just pops up in a stormtrooper outfit and he's kind of freaking out, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And then you see in this one, uh, he's saying like, "All he all he was brought up to was fighter. He only had this one purpose in life." And then you see a tie fighter like crashing down to this planet. I think that's him crashing down to where you see him in that first teaser then. Yeah. Where he's he's popping up and he's in the stormtrooper. Like he's obviously a stormtrooper that has kind of re- realized what the well, it's not the empire it's, anymore. It's, it's, it's called the new order now. But yeah. uh, he's he's obviously questioned that allegiance and because he was just brought up to that. And then you see him and Oscar Isaac, like Oscar Isaac, like pats him on the shoulder as he's walking past him and all. And then you see him at the very end with a lightsaber. And there's rumors that that is Luke's original lightsaber, what he dropped at the end of Empire. Yeah. Because right. it's the blue lightsaber. Ah. Right. Okay. Do, do you know what's mental too? And for all this build-up and for all this marketing, the thing that I've been really like more impressed with more than anything is how they've kept it a secret that Jar Jar Banks is actually the main character. I think opening shot after the main crawl a big close up of Jar Jar Banks. Just fuck. Just a big close up of Jar Jar Banks. An older, wizened Jar Jar Banks. Aye. And then. Oh, God. And then. Luke's lightsaber falls from space and just chops him in half. Then John Boyega walks over and be Oh, fuck, what's this? Quick. Quick question, uh, quick trivia question for the old Star Wars. Gotcha. I'm going to get this boy. right. <laughs> How many actors have played Darth Vader? Oh, pressure's on, Mickey. I don't know, two. <laughs> oh well, it, well, if you're counting the voice, count, count, and then... count, count, count all, count all of them in every form. How many? Well, you mean every form in the films or like the video games and stuff like that? No, it's in the films. Well, you have James R. Jones as the voice, and then. You had an actor in the costume, but then they had Sebastian Shaw in Jedi, and that's all I can reference. So I'm going to say three. Well, I suppose technically Hayden Christensen too. So oh, Hayden all Christensen. Right. All right, and then I was going to say a wee man. So I five. Now you got it. <laughs> um, what <laughs> what wee man? The wee fucking Compton now. That's right, the Wayne eye from fucking the Phantom. Oh Menace. shit! Right. What's crazy as well is that well, he's technically as technically isn't he? Even as the biggest. No, it's cool. It's a man's bit of a Even as the biggest Star Wars fan, I know it just shows how unremarkable Hayden Christensen was that you forgot that he was Darth Vader. Even though that is the purpose of those fucking three films. I was thinking of the original one. But you know the whole story behind that though. Yeah. It's mad. It was like fucking your man who was inside the costume. Uh, he was like an old hammer horror actor. I can't remember the fucking name of the guy. If you could actually bring it up, I'd be fucking terrible because he's a fucking really big actor. And I hear this whole, you know, this whole hammer horror way of doing him and all, and all this kind of stuff and all. And I think it was about halfway through it when he found out that oh, you're probably not going to be the voice of him. Ah, we're we're going to do either something to your voice or we're going to get somebody else. Like modular or something. Yeah, yeah. Aye, and then it was James L. Jones in. And so all this acting he was doing, he's essentially just a physical actor and the suit. David Price. David yeah, Price, aye. 
because he had Peter, he had Peter Cushing and our hammer horror actor, yeah. which was uh, he was on the round table. He was amazing. He was Chris Darley have been as Darth Vader. I'm <laughs> just putting that out there. Even though James Earl Jones' voice, voice is and iconic, physicality, but unreal. Amazing. He's got the height. He's got and that ominous presence. For his own. Oh, that'd be class. And Maybe then, that's why I whacked him in the prequels. Then, <laughs> uh, even though they made him the worst character. Uh, was it Darth Sidious? Darth Sidious. Uh, and then Sebastian Shaw then plays when they take the mask off Sebastian Shaw is the mask at yeah. the end he's neither of the two and Return of the Jedi so it's three people playing with the trilogy yeah, well, well that was a rip-roaring deconstruction of a two and a half minute trailer <laughs> <laughs> all all for uh, Michael Breslin's joy and pleasure okay we'll move on anyway uh, new joy trailer out uh, David Russell starring Jennifer Lawrence Bradley Coops Robert De Niro bang a strange one because uh, I think I, no, I, I don't think it's a strange one. I think a bit of a strange it's, cast to be gathering. I, I, I think I think just David o. Russell just picks up the phone at thirty years. Like right, who wants to get nominated this year? Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, you want to get nominated? Yeah. I'm on. on like. <laughs> I just friends. So our right, lads were doing a hang. He's gonna be here Monday or what? Like <laughs> that forms a literal Oscar party. It's like they, they <laughs> yeah. gather and they just know that they're gonna be nominated. And no, I'm saying it's a bit a strange one because it's it's one of a few times recently that. I've I haven't really heard much about the film. I don't really know what it's about. And I watched the trailer and I still don't know what yeah, it's about. Yeah, still don't know what it's about. I have no idea what that film's going I don't know if it's like a sort of crime film, a semi-crime film. I don't know if it's like a family well, drama that's about well, edgy. There, there is a synopsis out there for it and it's, it's essentially about Jennifer Lawrence uh, becoming this kind of business kind of mogul and it's it's her building up her business yeah. but breaking away from the rest of her family kind of deal. I, I only got that from like the line where she's saying don't you ever speak for me ever or don't ever speak something like that don't ever I, speak about my business and that's yeah. the only time that I, I cannot give me any sort of inkling as to what the, the script mm. was about because up until then it just seemed like a lot of sporadic scenes of kind of really hard dramatic acting and her fucking firing a shotgun towards the camera mm. which I don't know what that's about either. and then Ro- Robert De Niro cracked a few jokes aye, a, couple of, <laughs> aye, a couple of wisecracks from Robbie like, too, like, you know, but I think Maybe in a way, and we're just talking about marketing for Star Wars, not maybe that was the whole point of the trailer that it's supposed to confuse, and you don't know what it's going to be. But at the same time, that could pull off a lot of our people who maybe don't know about David O. Russell's over, don't know about his previous films. I wouldn't just go see it off the back of the fact that it has a David Russell film. Well, the the way it felt for me is his last two films were American Hustle and Silver Lines Playbook. Yeah. Yes, and I felt like a, nearly like a fusion of those two films. Like mm. it, it kind of had that kind of heart and kind of set. Sentimentality, sentimentality, yes, yes, <laughs> of uh, Silver Lines Playbook, but then the kind of the quick cuts and the kind of bombasticness of uh, American Hustle or the yeah. Fighter. It's it, it's a weird yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Ever since, ever since the Fighter, right? He's just had a different style, you know. And I actually said it in an interview. It was on DP Thirty. It's a really good YouTube channel if you want to watch interviews with people like directors or actors that are about thirty minutes long. You just might. They just sit down, it's just one camera, and they just go. But uh, he actually said specifically about them films uh, that that's where he felt they developed his style or his voice. Because he says he, 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 he had the thing as a director, and he directed all these films, and he had, like, I think it was like, what was it? Uh, what's the one? I think it's called Spang the Monkey or something like that, there, his first one. And then he had a few others, and then he had Three Kings and all, which is edgy and stuff, and it was cool and all. But he says it wasn't until the fighter that uh, he found the voice, and he said he found it in the sisters, more so the sisters of uh, Mickey Ward than anybody. 
Damn. They find that real Boston voice, which does appear in the later films as well. Sure, wasn't that someone recently that Quentin Tarantino was on came out? I, I'm nearly sure I read an interview recently, and he said that some of his favourite characters of any film like the past five years were the Ward sisters and a fighter. Mm. And he was actually tempted to try and do a film based around them, which uh. would be very interesting. But it's kind of cool what you're saying about a Russell too, because what I've always liked about him is that he's always quite eclectic I mean like all his films are quite eclectic they're all quite different Aye. very fucking different storylines but at the heart of it you can always tell that you're watching a David Russell film it always feels that way it's always got very true characters it's always Aye. got very true writing even if it is maybe set in the Gulf War Aye. during the early 90s and Three Kings or if it's about you know two desperate people who've got their problems fucking Aye. you know preparing for a dance contest where you, you get the same sort of themes running through his films the same sort of style but See, I would I would have to say I think Three Kings is a wee bit more of a like like a satirical look mm-hmm. at at stuff. Whereas I think that uh, the likes of the Fighter and Silver Linings and American Hustle, American Hustle is a wee bit back more into mainstream. A wee bit it's using mainstream it's using mainstream techniques to show its film, but the dialogue and the characters. Uh, are dead real it just happens to be that the air they live in is just so visually and whatever and the, the visuals make it a bit more filmic but all 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 the plot lines are fucking real as fuck I would, well, I would say I, I found American Hustle per well I, this I, 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 I thought saying. it was better than Wolf of Wall Street to be honest but, but I didn't like Wolf Wall Street that much either. I I thought that American Hustle was pretty dread. Well, what what would you what would you say though that when American Hustle came out, I heard a lot of people talking about that it's Dave Roll Russell doing a Scorsese movie, like it it has a Scor- Scorsese it's, kind of vibe. It's, about a, it's it. well, I would say it's got a Scorsese sort of setting, and the fact that I think it's set around uh, New York, isn't it? Does I? I think that it's set around New York, and it's got a Scorsese sort of vibe as well, and the fact that you know crime and that there's a wee kind of subplot with the Italian mob in there too but I, I don't think you call it Scorsese but Scorsese like well, that at, at the very th- best at times I, I, no but that's what I'm saying like people are saying it was David Russell doing Scorsese I don't think he was yeah. I don't think he was trying to do a Scorsese at all I think I mean I, th- I mean somebody actually quoted him I think in the same interview somebody asked him that and and he, got, he didn't he didn't get offended by it but but he just says, "Well, you can't." He says, "You just can't do a Scorsese." He, yeah. he says, "You have to." He says, "What, well, what visually and what you know dramatically moves you and what you feel is right at the time." You know, I think the only thing that's really Scorsese in it is the there's a, there's like a long track up there, car in it. It's 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 a big music breakdown and you could compare it to the music breakdown of of Lila and Goodfellas, mm-hmm. you know it's somebody that you know and it's somebody when like uh, they're driving up and when uh, Ray Liotta has that whole thing about you know uh, uh, we used to call each other Goodfellas we were Goodfellas and this kind of stuff it's somebody a couple of things like that but uh. I mean, he has these crazy music breaks, like the whole fucking uh, "Live and Let Die" thing with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, which is Scorsese would never do that. Like, yeah, I, I do think yeah. as well. You no, know, I, I, I think he's definitely inspired by him. You can certainly see the inspiration. I think his color tones and the fact that even if he's not shooting film, at times always looks really filmic. Yeah. And I think his periods and his colors and his and the, the 
the texture of his sets and all that there. They're definitely really heavily inspired by the quality that Scorsese and actually sometimes what Clint Eastwood goes for, like if you watch like Peel Away and Unforgiven, that density of quality that them two guys go for. But it, I, I would I wouldn't go so far as to say he's copying Scorsese at all. No. But it's even I th- I think it's just a it's it's a go to sort of phrase or it's a pretty a a pretty an easy word for a lot of journalists and especially a lot of critics they compare the next big or not not as if like David Russell's up and coming because he's been about for years and he's always had a certain quality, but they compare him to always Scorsese esque or something just because it introduced just because the script has maybe elements of crime or it's yeah. well shot i think that's lazy as fuck so many films are well shot and have fucking elements of crime doesn't mean they're anything like scorsese mm. i think it's just an easy sort of link on just to make it mm. seem bigger than what it is or make it seem more artistic um. i would never consider david russell in any way to be a candy scorsese mm. never mind through thematics or, or through visual style and i don't know it might be would you not consider him up to him at all? That's what I was going to say. To his I, level? I, I, no, I, I was actually going to say, I actually find David Russell very overrated. I think that, I think that he's very overrated. He's had, he makes, I'm not saying he's a bad dude, he's had good, solid films, but none of his films have ever blown me away. I think they're quite empty, and I think he's been lucky as well in the fact that, and especially his past couple of films, he's had some unbelievably good actors who've got the most possible in the scripts that he's been directing. I'm not mm. saying that they've been bad films, but I think they've just been about one Well, and I as see, well, I, I, my, I don't agree at all. My, my measurement for me, right, is in 10 years' time, nobody's going to remember Silver Lane's Playbook. Nobody's going to, definitely, nobody's going to remember American Hustle. And the old person might remember The Fighter, but I think it's more so because of Ben's performance. Well, it's his his last three films, like all like all the cast have been nominated for like best actor, best actress, supporting and supporting. I think that's like something we've been chatting about last week too. That's an old fucking Oscar backslap as well. Like we we're saying last week about the Oscars, is it actually a recognition of what the best work is, or sometimes there is just people called Oscar darlings, and it's just people I, still nominate no matter what. But what I was going like to ask Woody is Woody Allen gets a fucking best writing nomination all the fucking time but what I was going to ask is do you think that's down to the cast that he has in his films or do you think it's down to the part that him as the director the performance he gets out of the cast I do I'm, I'm not that's one thing I will say about him that's that's one of his strong suits is that he does get excellent performances out of actors and hence why I said I think that the actor's performances elevate the scripts and his films you know to a sort of higher level uh Yes, that is a big strong suit him, and I'm not. He has a heavy hand in writing everything he yeah, does. No, I know, but don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bad director. I just don't think he's an excellent director. I think he's a solid, good director, but I don't think that uh, he's I mean, what people make that, him out to be. That that particular interview, right? It's really interesting. You should watch it. Heck, it's David Russell. I think it's around about the time American Hustle was coming out, and it's on DP Thirty, and it's a long, long interview. And he talks about lots of things about about three kings and spanking the monkey, like his his first film and stuff, or one of one of his first films. But he specifically talks about these three films. He talks about Silver Linings, The Fighter, and American Hustle. He talks about those are the films that taught him what his voice was. Mm. And so, I mean, I just find his voice a bit repetitive. Any, I prefer those three films. I don't think Joy is anything like those three films. But even if, from even seeing that trailer, it seems like it's. Yeah, but it's a trailer. You can't fucking trust trailers. Oh, no, no, I can't. That, but I'm just saying, from what I got from the that's trailer, and that's obviously that. what the news is. I mean, we're trying to break down the trailer, and from that trailer alone, it, it seems very similar. 
I think I do respect the fact and I do like the fact that he's using the same actors you know mm. on a basic level he's obviously got an amazing working relationship with him he gets great performances out of him mm. but then at the same time I think he's shooting himself in the foot because the reason I mean the fact that he's using the same actors in every film I think that it's making his films all too familiar they all seem very samey you know at least try a slight bit of variety and he seems to be going for the same themes of sort of no harm like family. I mean if, if you if to get it off the best when you take the best like I know you take the best but at the same time I, I don't think it's giving them any sort of ready I mean, like, they're the best eh? but there's a lot more out there who are in the same mm. calibre as them but you know David Russell is, is using he's literally using some of the best actors I mean, like, going he's, he's, some he's, of the most versatile best and fucking but this is best track one or actors saying, that like, can move and shape and they all sort this, of this is the sizes. point I was trying to get off from the it's very a, start a, it's a wee bit different no but this it's the same it's, I know what you mean getting up but it's, it's, this is the point you know. I've been trying to make the very start right it might be the cream of the crop actor wise okay mm. it's Jennifer Lawrence but, um, Bradley Cooper Robert De Niro but what I'm saying is that I would get that I would get him cast them in different films if the narratives were kind of really different, but the new three or four narratives that they've all done together are very similar. Silver Linings Playbook, uh, Joy, and American Hustle. I their storylines are slightly changed, but they've got the same themes and the same sort of story. And I, I haven't seen Joy yet, but I think the characters that are playing are kind of indistinguishable. I don't think that the stories are varied enough. They justify using the same actors over and over, even if they are the best. If you want, because it's almost like you're getting the same character in every film. Yeah, because was the nearest kind of from the trailer similar to Silver and Playboy character. Right, exactly. And Bradley, Bradley Cooper seemed similar in American Hustle as well. Like, just he's not actually in the trailer it, yeah, a lot, but yeah, he's I, don't th- I, I think he has like three lines in the trailer. You've yeah. no, I, I actually, I, you, you I actually you, you don't have no think idea where he's gone from. Like. I, don't think he's going to be a big part of that no, well, film at all. Considering he got the end credit as well. Usually, if you get the end credit, that uh, means that you're very supporting. He's very, he's very rules. small. And what do you call your man? He's playing Bodie in the next Point Break. That's her husband. I I don't. I thought it was Rafe Spall to start, but I had no idea. Who what do you call him? Uh, I don't know. I know he's in Hands of Stone as well. We with Robert De Niro. He's playing. Ah uh, fuck! Oh, can we get that up? Uh, well, either way, we'll, we'll get it again. But I mean, I I do think it's kind of it's it's not. Barnell, it's not good. Question, but it's 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 Hernandez. No, who called? I mean, like it doesn't matter to me. That's what I'm trying to say. But I mean, when it comes down to it, I just think that David Russell, mm. yes, he's using the best actors that he's got at his yeah. disposal. Probably some of the best actors on earth. For fuck's sake, he's got the near Edgar one Ramirez. Edgar Ramirez. Edgar Ramirez. He's got some of the best it. actors on there, and I totally accept why. If you were any director, you would keep using those actors because they are the best. But it would just be nice if he would use different actors because the actors he's well, using is using them for the very same roles, film right. by film. I have a f- I have phone. a feeling, right, that Edgar Ramirez is a much bigger part in this film than what they've let the trailer believe, right? Because Edgar Ramirez isn't that big at the minute, right? He was one he's of not the big at all. he was one of the main fucking four in uh, Zero Dark Thirty or something, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's one of the only things he's that people recognize or big big films that he's done right mm. and the next year he's got Bodie and Point Break yep. he's got go on check out again he's what he called and has a stone I keep forgetting this boxer's name but it's going to be a big Oscar bait film with Robert De Niro as his trainer right. uh, and he's got this right and I think the reason he's not being bigger build is because of that this yeah, is he's not known when this film comes out in DVD they're going to Roberto Duran he's going to play Roberto Duran and Hands of Stone okay with Robert De Niro as well 
as his trainer, and that's that's a fucking serious story, and it's fucking you know my my brother's more into boxing than I am, but my brother has told me the whole fucking story. that's gonna be a fucking great film. So you reckon he's definitely one to watch him? He's fucking really one to watch, and I says in the next year these three films are gonna make Edgar Ramirez like they really are, and the reason he's not big build. I think the reason Bradley Cooper seems bowled over him in the trailers because he's Bradley Cooper and Coops. nobody knows him. Coops, <laughs> more than Coops. But uh, I think as time goes on, as say for example, if Point Break or Hands of Stone comes out before Joy, uh, that bond's going to change. Yeah. I don't think it will. I think Joy's maybe the first one and I think Hands of Stone and Point Break are going to come later. At the same time though, even if Point Break was to come out before Joy, it would be getting you know, a lot of fucking star power off that. that they would definitely not change that bond because he's not going to supersede Bradley Cooper, De Niro or Jennifer Lawrence mm. just with one performance. Like You know what I mean? If Hands of Stone came out, it would. Okay, we'll move on to the next news. John Hamm oh. joins Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. Oh. After being coerced into working for a crime boss, a young getaway driver called Baby finds himself taking part in a doomed heist. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it, but I've now to say it's my favourite film ever. <laughs> <laughs> because it's John Hamm, who's obviously my baby goose like I will watch him in a fucking... in anything. I'd watch him read The Weller. I'd watch him read fucking The Donegal Dealer. And then Edgar Wright is a fucking director that I absolutely love. And it's kind of strange as well because after... I've just realised I start off everything about the same It's kind of strange as well. But anyway, that's moving on from it. Would you watch John a strange place. taking a shite and yes. <laughs> a yep. piece of newspaper that he had just eaten a fish separator and then wiping his whole face? <laughs> you do realise we live in a celebrity culture and that would probably be the biggest news. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you could charge you watch for that though, video. Right? <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck about the celebrity culture. Would you watch him do it? Oh, I. And would you enjoy it? He'd, he'd be fucking filming it. Would you? It'd be me filming it, exactly. I would have hand, handed him a fucking fish supper. That's all right, Dan. That's all I want to know. See, John Shan Hammer. would insert a fish supper in the John Ham's hole. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Brushland. Ch- like, chip by uh, chip. That's like a, t- that's like a two blue. <laughs> Top of curry sauce supper, too. And Top John would enjoy it. That's a fucking worst part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do, John. You dirty you bitch. fucking like it, you sicko. Yeah, you <laughs> fucking like it. You, you fucking Hollywood types. <laughs> <laughs> but no, actually, going back there, right? Yeah, obviously, we all know I don't need to profess my love for John Hamm anymore. Egg right, though. Phenomenally, phenomenally gifted director. He has so many tools in his locker. And what I've been very surprised at is that Sean Ed, after Space, you know, kind of put his name out there. Then he done Hard Fuzz, which made you know pretty big bank in America as well. He done Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I think, has really, really kind of blown back against him because that was supposed to be a huge film. I like that film. No. I, I, lo- not I love that film, but I'm all about the Hollywood suits. That film I was, was supposed, supposed to be his massive big box one. Like. That was supposed to be his film, but introduced him as a, then an American director. I, I think the problem with that film, though, it was Michael Sarah fatigue. Yeah, but not even that there. I think it was just a wee bit too out there for mainstream audiences. I think they didn't really expect the... I, I think they expected it to be a sort of general, maybe not Avengers-esque comic book film, but they expected it to be a film about a comic book hero. And then when it was so weird and it was about this guy, you know, battling seven exes of his girlfriend, Ramona Flowers, who was trying to... I think it was just a wee bit too much of a hard sell. I don't think the market was that great. The the, fir- the first 20 minutes of that film as well, it's it's very kind of... It, it's really Edgar Wright style of doing the whole kind of slam... Weapons, aye, the, the flash weapons. Aye, but it, 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 it lends to the film because... Uh, 
Scott Pilgrim is supposed to be kind of confused all yeah. the time and all, but the first 20 minutes, that is really confusing because it just goes from whip pan to whip pan, and then you're in these different situations, and he's in these different situations, and then, oh, there's Roman and Father. You know, it's, I, it, it is very confusing. I think it's a crack and wee film. It doesn't but find I, its audience. It found its audience in on DVD, and they you kind of rent those and, you know, downloads or whatever, and it's now become sort of a cult but classic. But I'm, I'm saying that's what might put people off. Oh, no, 100%. That, that, that may have put people off too, but what is, what's kind of cool is that, yeah, you know, it was vindicated by history, would say, and it found its audience. But I think the fact that that was expected to make a lot of box office and it made really fuck all it was a huge flop. And then that kind of put a lot of studios and producers off him. He was given Ant Man and then he argued with the studio about like what Ant Man was supposed to be and he, he left that mutually. Well, to be fair, he had Ant Man before Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Like Actually, he, I, yeah, he was on Ant Man for about for eight years. Time. And I'm sure I, I would like to think that a lot of his kind of fingerprints are still in there. Definitely. But then since that, I mean. Besides this film that it's coming out, I expected Ed Great, who was always prolific, you know, right up until Spist and The World's End and whatever, Shaun the Dead, Half Fuzz. I've been surprised at how unprolific he's been in the States, and I do kind of put the blame on that, on the failure of, of Scott Pilgrim. But I'm hoping now that this new film, especially with My Beautiful, Beautiful Hand, that's going to propel him again and the, you know, and the producer's Everybody means of being, you know what, he, he, is a, he is a director that we that we thought he was in the first place and let's give him more fucking you know more jobs because he's a phenomenal director he can do horror he can do action he's ridiculously smart his screenwriting abilities are fucking incredible he's a special director I think anyway uh, better not fucking a Russell hack <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it's interesting getting John Hammond it because what I heard about this film like all I heard about this film before that was it was just Edgar Wright directing his next film and the kind of synopsis of like it's a kind of getaway driver kind of thing. So I kind of thought it would be a, a, like a British kind of thing. Yeah. But getting John Hamm in there and I just hearing John Hamm as part of it, I think he could be the crime boss. That'd be interesting because I've never seen, I've never really seen John Hamm play a proper villain in the town. It but it'd be a comical play. villain. Yeah, well. I'd like to see him playing, I'd like to see Hamm playing at, a slightly older hand getaway driver as opposed to a crime boss crime boss seems oh, a like bit a easy because, because he has the star power a uh, crime boss oh that's fucking easy as fuck I'd far prefer him to play an old hand getaway driver well, you know if the world was a perfect place I would have had John Hammers the other Batman like but you know what I mean I can't get around right. fucking one well, I should have been Josh Bowen, let's put it that way. Like. Well, it was a toss-up between Josh Bowen and John Hamm for me. All right, Jesus Christ, fuck up. But I would, <laughs> We're I talking would, about someone else. I would watch What's John done Hamm. is done, okay? <laughs> What's done is done. <laughs> I'd Shit. Watch, I'd watch John Hamm and absolutely anything. Uh, I think any role that he has, he just brings an energy to it. And when everybody kind of forgets now, or well, actually, what, what everybody started starting to realise again now is that because John Hamm was just seen as Don Dripper for like seven or eight years, as a serious kind of existential crisis middle-aged man in the 1960s he was seen as the serious sort of actor but everybody forgets that John Hamm's main forte is comedy he's fucking an unbelievable comedy actor he loves comedy be it Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt be it fucking that Wet Hot American Summer be it all you know the podcast he's done uh, he's done SNL a stack of times and done yeah. skits taking the piss out of Don Dripper his main love is comedy and he's a fantastic comedy actor <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, we'll move on to... I get spooky. You know? <laughs> get spooky up in here. <laughs> Spooks up in here. Uh, he's gone first. Who's gone first? Who's got? Here, he's boom. got a. He's got a spooky topic. Uh, I sort of vaguely had a topic earlier in the weekend. I thought which was perfect, but uh, since then decided to revise it. It's just slightly less. It sounds less interesting, but it actually will be because <laughs> it will be more interesting as we get on. But uh, I was going to say, what is the difference between a horror and a thriller? Well, what's a good one? I like it. Oh, then me and you had a discussion about this. Yeah, I, lit- uh, I literally asked Shan earlier in the week while I was watching Idle Hands, what's the difference between a thriller <laughs> and a I horror? Mean, it's a good question, and it's a it's a question that a lot of people fucking ask, and they can't really differentiate yeah. between the two. I think in the most basic, very, very ridiculously basic level, like film genre for dummies, a horror film is something that scares you makes you feel horrified and it's usually someone mm. that is outside the realms of possibility or outside the realms of reality right. whereas a thriller is someone that makes you feel suspense but it's usually grounded within reality and I kind of get you in the edge of your seat more than actually right. fucking frightens you, see, you. you I, 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 I kind of kind of with you but I would say horror usually is something with an unnatural force or a monster something like that Whereas a thriller is something that could conceivably happen, no matter how far you stretch it. Like seventy me, people are thinking, "Oh, that's kind, that's kind of a wee bit of horror too." It's not really. No, it's a thriller. It's a thriller. It is a pure thriller, you know. But I would say Jaws, as much as actually, it's been scientifically fucking proven that there are sharks actually bigger than Jaws. Now they found them. Uh, it's a thriller. They may well not. They made Jaws still horror nah. because because it's a monster film. Now, nah, but see, I think that is such a diluted look of what horror is. It's like oh, horror can only be horror if it's a monster or if it's like one sort of you know otherworldly entity that is the case. Because that's what my topic's going to bleed on to later on about like what horror can be and the different subjects of it. But we'll say that until then. For me, thriller wise, I do understand that horror can bleed on the thriller hundred percent. You said seven. Another one for me is Silence of the Lambs. That's almost like human horror because in the the real world and how me and you and you yeah, obviously experience the real world, we do not know any fucking cannibals. We do not know anybody who's that fucked up. So when that's put in front of you, you are horrified by it because it's, you know, the real world. Do you consider it a horror thriller? No, I, I think it's a thriller, but right. I do think that it's got a sort of horror element in it, and the fact that you're mm. horrified by Hannibal mm. Lecter and what he does and the violence, and especially Buffalo Bill too, mm. but it's still a thriller because it's the real world and it keeps you in the edge of your mm. seat. It's a thriller, but it's very, very easy for the two genres to kind of mix in. You know, it's it's almost like, 
you can get a lot of followers there. I, I read a, a great fucking phrase earlier on. It's a, a chameleon genre, you would say, like, because it, it, can, it can be one thing and the other. It can, mm. it can filter on between. Films like Seven and, and, and Silence Alarms and, and numerous other films. None that I can name yeah. at the minute because I can't think. But it, it is, it is a, a sort of the thriller genre song that horror can pop up, but it's not horror as we know. It's not like, you know, mm. Michael Myers, a slasher or a demon or would supernatural. You, uh, would you consider Scream a horror or a thriller? It's a horror film. It's a thriller. It's a deconstruction. It, Why would you just say it? It's a thriller. It's a deconstruction of a horror film. But it's a thriller. Oh, so. so you see, uh, just just to interject here, for me, I, I said earlier in the podcast, I'm not that big into horror films. I don't like being scared and whatnot. But Fuck. we smell <laughs> patronizing. I like it. No, I like that because you're like a big man chill. That's why I love you so. You're a man chill with a huge beard. <laughs> yeah, do yourself a favor and leave that at a best man speech. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bresnan's me. I said, no, don't do yourself a favor. Leave my gift favor and leave that at a best man speech. You're bold enough, that I guess, how your life, married life, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love my wife. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I would, I would gravitate more to thrillers, but I would say that I like. I would do that because they call themselves thrillers. Mm. And even if I think they have a horror bent or whatever, like, like say something like seven, like I, I really like seven. Like, would you say that's a horror or a thriller? I think it's a thriller, but it's got horror elements. It's, but you it, say, like, well, what's the horror elements? The in? horror elements are how, you, essentially, a lot of the is things it, is it, is it like the gore? How, how possible some of the things he does. And I, I think that's, that's what, that's, that's what, sort of puts the foot in the door horror a wee bit as in is that possible and actually you know there's a whole thing done about it where a lot of it is actually scientifically possible but you know and this this is why the amazement around this killer but see for know, me it, so it seems like you ground your definition of horror in if it's supernatural or not so you so you're saying Scream is a thriller because it's a guy that's obsessed with horror films. Guys, it's horror films, but he's essentially grounded in the real world. He's just obsessed with things that are not real world, and he's he's trying to you know he's obsessed with things like Halloween and stuff like this here. But he actually is simply a serial killer with a mask. But like one of the greatest horror films ever made, and obviously it's it's one of the best proponents of psychological horror, is The Shining. There's not one supernatural element in that. Fair Stay. enough. Besides the kid having the shining, but that's that's almost a subplot. The real horror of that film is Jack Torrance going fucking mental, and you're never quite sure if he's going mental because of the spirits in that hotel or not. He's just a but man losing his fucking mind and threatening to murder his family. But actually, what? Actually, you're saying it's a subplot, right? With a kid and your man. That actually reinforces the fact that Jack isn't actually losing his mind is that what he's experiencing is actually real and the, the thing with a kid and uh the the, the guy what do we call him scatman crawlers yeah becomes at the end actually underpins and actually creates fact and and what jack turns is experiencing so it is a horror i do agree it is supernatural i'm like i do agree that there's a supernatural backdrop there but the actual horror that you experience out of it is just in a more basic domestic level Jack Torrance going mental and trying to fucking butcher his family. Yeah, well, that's what it means, but... No, no, but, but the, fa- the, f- the fact of 
why he's going mental, that brings in the supernatural part of it. But sure, even like the, the, the film that almost... Well, the film's the fi- called Shining, and them two say, this is what we call Shining, and so... But even it, say, it automatically just straight away admits take, that it's taking away from taking away from a sub one subgenre of horror and then our subgenre of horror. You look at Halloween, the whole Michael Myers being uh, supernatural or indestructible only came about like maybe in four or five. The first two Halloweens, he's just seen as a normal psychopath human being mm. who is stalking these teenagers for near enough well, no reason. I was going to bring it up by the fact that he's fucking completely. I was going to bring it up. I mean, Halloween to me is pure thriller. It's a horror film. Just slasher See, film. It's a, know, it's a, that's what I'm but, it's a but it's not a horror film. Right, a okay, so I mean, slasher is a subgenre of horror. Right, Chan, mm. Chan. So you're, you're saying Halloween's a horror film? Yeah, well, it's a slasher film, but obviously slasher is a subgenre of horror, yeah. Right. So what what are you basing it being a horror film on? Are you saying the things that's in it makes it a horror film, or is it the way it makes you feel watching it that it's horror rather than thriller? It's an interesting thing because, see, for me, and I think we're getting away from the definition of thriller, I think, like I said at the start, a thriller is someone that is defined in the sort of human world and it's someone that keeps you in the edge of your seat and it's exciting. And sometimes it might be slightly scary, but it's more so about the suspense and the excitement. Whereas a horror film is someone that unsettles you psychologically. It might unsettle you, maybe even sort of physically make you shudder, goosebumps. Because... It doesn't have to be supernatural. Michael Myers in the first two Halloweens is not meant to be supernatural. That was only kind of built up in the later films, like I just said. It's the fact that he is this man who Carpenter said was supposed to be the definition of pure evil. He didn't need a motive. He was literally just killing these people for the sake of killing them. And that's horrifying. That's on that we can't comprehend in the real world. Somebody who's that evil, it'll just murder people. Not even out of joy, but literally for no reason. It'll just stalk innocent fucking teenagers. Right, well, they, they, they bring it more in the uh, modern films then like the the first saw film is that a horror film or a thriller that's pure horror that's horror but there's there's no supernatural element exactly and that's, they, that's what i'm trying to argue there's no supernatural element it's it's just a guy that kidnaps these people and puts them through these trials exactly. horror mm. doesn't need to have a supernatural element it is just someone that yes it, but it, does, it, it but the, does it not later have some sort of fucking supernatural nah, never saw never has a supernatural no, no he, he, it, it gets really like some sort of fucking kingpin hanger song I, I never I never bought my whole watch I, I watched up to like saw five and Jesus fair play you deserve a medal <laughs> <laughs> not on the horror but I like the saw films <laughs> uh, no I watched up to saw five and it's a man of a good saw it gets it gets it gets really it gets it gets really convoluted towards yeah. the end of the third one because spoilers. No, actually, I'm not even going to say it because if you're going to watch all the soft homes, sit down and watch all the soft homes. Yeah. All right, then. but yeah. but going back to the very first one, I I I would say that's a horror film for the for the very scene that just horrified me in that film because I would say that film isn't actually that scary there's a lot of like brutal there's not even that a lot of brutal stuff on it but it's just it is suspenseful like a thriller and what's going to happen with these two people because most of the film is just these two people trapped in a room but when you start seeing the backstory of it and the scene that scared me to my bone is the scene in the car park where you where you see one of the main characters about to be kidnapped and you see the boy come out from the back seat of his car wearing a wolf mask yep. mm. it's like i don't know if security camera or it's like a mirror or something 
and you just see him kind of crawling around behind him, and that that is horrifying. And that's like, insane. And that's, that's what scared think, me to my bone. I think we're kind of getting away from the definition of what a, a thriller and a horror is, and just put in the most basic level. A thriller film, again, is something that can be grounded in the real world, but at the same time, it's sif, and it's something that you can understand and you can comprehend. Mm. Whereas you can have a horror film like Saw, you can have a horror film like Don't Look Now, mm. which is set in the real world, but it's something that you can't comprehend, or it's something so shocking, or it could be imagery, or it could be like a sort of psychological kind of uneasy feeling that they're trying to create that horrifies you. Something that you have never been accustomed to, never been maybe subjected to before. I think that's the main difference. So, so would you say a thriller is something that it doesn't necessarily unsettle people? It doesn't unsettle people. I think a thriller is something that it may no. I a thriller is something that keeps people on the edge of their seats. It keeps them guessing. Most of the times, a thriller as well as an element of mystery thrown in there. And I, at the same time, it can have a few wee horror elements just to kind of ramp it up a bit and ramp up the tension. But most of the time, it's sif and it's it's something that you know could happen within the world that you're living. Because thrillers. Thrillers can be thrillers without a horror element. Of like course, like. if uh, what do you call that fucking? Like even like any the, stock the, thriller, like phone booth, like that's a thriller. Like the the last three days, that's a. What thriller. do you call fucking the game? The game. Wait, that's that's a, thriller. that's a full on thriller. Yeah. Like it keeps you guessing the whole it's way. It's excitement. Through. It's mystery. Suspense. Whereas a horror is something that. Is. It's a thing that you wouldn't usually be subjected to in, in, in real life. It's so, something that on sales, it it, it, it it brings out your, your kind of darkest fears or secrets or, or, or something that just generally scares you. So a, so a thriller can be something... It's, it's always set in the real world. We've agreed on that, yeah. yes. But a thriller is something that can venture into horrific kind of territory, but it also can be something completely different. Yeah. Like... Like, cause, cause you get like crime thrillers where of it's just course, yeah. it's a keep you guessing kind of mystery of like what happened, like with the like even fucking some like man on a ledge. Precisely. It's it's a it's a crime thriller even yeah. though it's it's very kind of and, and and that's why as well. I mean, as well. You could you could argue about genre definitions until the fucking cows come home. When it comes down to genre definitions, are very fast and loose. I mean, like my topic next is going to be about the subgenre of horror as a, as a whole genre and the fact that it's got so many offshoots. It's the very same with thrillers. It's the very same with dramas. You know, you can have family dramas, you can have romantic dramas, you can have dramedies, you can have even like even mumblecore in a way is like a massive, massive, tenuous, lengthy your general drama film. You could technically call any film. It's not a comedy, a drama film. You know what I mean? These definitions are very, uh, very loose, and you can get I, caught up in that a lot. I, 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 it's really so subjective. I feel like I probably should have researched it a wee bit more of where the definitions started of horror. And then probably took it from there. But I know for a long time my, my whole thing is just anything that's just slightly beyond the realm of possibility is horror. Yeah. Not I mean, not even supernatural, just beyond the realm of possibility. Like at the time Jaws was beyond the realm of possibility. Now we've actually discovered like it's actually only recently in the last you know, ten years on that sharks of that size and even bigger. Do and maybe exist. maybe that's a fair enough point as well because you're right at that time. Maybe I don't know. Jesus Christ, that's why it was horror to me. You know what I mean? Don't ask me about aquatic science and all I got there. I don't know right. when they found out that fucking sharks were massive. You know, I'm did sorry. you not, <laughs> you know, I, I, did you not was, just buy a fucking aquarium in Chantilly? <laughs> I heard you sharks are Batman. massive. Hey. But I mean, like it's 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 one of the things I do agree as well. I think it might be depend on the on the sort of time period when it was released aye, of aye. what people might consider a horror. Because I mean, even if if you look back at it, like the, some of the earliest films released, you know, like silent films, 
which were basically just like sort of cloak and dagger mysteries. And a lot of people back then would consider them horror, horror because uh, they wouldn't have actually seen the sort of underbelly of society. But whereas we look at it now, obviously in a modern age, it's very, very tame. But even if we took it as a genre, it was much represented by its genre because those films would just be seen as crime or, or a sort of a very light thriller because mm. obviously it was during like the the, the silent era. Mm. But I think it's it's a good point, and that's maybe another topic for another day. It's it's kind of dependent on its its time period, and it was actually something that I was thinking about having as my topic is how has horror changed throughout the ages. But then I thought we'd be here for fucking weeks if we actually <laughs> went on to discuss that. So we're to, to keep keep it up, man. We just fucking melt nicely on it. Well, in some sort of well, they they go they go from mache segue. <laughs> they they go from what Chan was saying is like how maybe like kind of older films like were seen like horror but if you look at them now they're they're not really so much like if you if you look at something now like films like hostile mm-hmm. and stuff like that, air where it's, it's called garner or whatever garner where torture part yeah uh, torture part where it's it's really abusive kind of things happening to people mm-hmm. yeah. is is that horror anymore or has people been desensitized that they so much that it's it's getting it's, it's, it's not even it's not even terrifying anymore it's I just think, it's just brutal they watch I think like Herm was saying it's it's totally I mean like for me that is again going on that thing about human horror like and like Herm was saying there now I think that it is very much down to the actual person that you are for me I can I don't want to watch the, you know likes of Fallen My Hostel and Garno and Torchwood because I find them you know disgusting films that have no sort of artistic merit whatsoever and they're just complete basic shock tactics shock values and i find them exceptionally sort of misogynistic and sort of sexually fucked up because i think a lot of people watch those films and kind of get off on them hence mm. the term torture porn or gorno i swear mm. to well that's that's why it's called gorno i know you see that you that's I mean? that's but, why i was kind of reluctant to say that term because I, I don't know enough about it they kind of yeah I, I think there's a, 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 a that, quite uneasy thing about those films and that it's just like a Serbian film that me and Heron have discussed before too. It's just I've never I've never watched it and I never I've never watched it myself and I don't want to watch it, but it's just really ridiculously gratuitous imagery just for the sake of shocking and horrifying people and there's no sort of merit and obviously all the best film all sorry, all the best horror films usually have some sort of kind of message behind them. Not saying that they have to have a message behind them. There's a lot of great horror films out there that are just standard run on all horror films that just you know are very effective in their own right and don't have to have any sort of uh, cultural sort of message behind them but I, I don't know for me horror is a song that throws you it's song that it's not in your usual understanding of what life is and hence why you know films um, like saw or hostile even though they're set in the real mm-hmm. world can be ridiculously horrifying uh, because it's just this violence and this we well, see evil that, that you wouldn't accept. I think that's why sometimes human horror, like we were chatting about a few weeks ago with the Babadook, is even more frightening than supernatural horror because at least with supernatural horror or at least we saw in its out of this world you can just fall back on the fact that that's not real but when you watch something like Saw or Hostel even though it might be that realistic you think to yourself, well Jesus Christ, some people could and probably have done this and that's even more fucked up. This, this is why simply things just fall out of fashion it is what happens like yeah, human centipede thing. I mean, it, they're, all, they're, they're always going to ramp it up the next aye. level, the next sequel. I mean, I mean, it's the same thing as big as fucking. They have to keep people interested, like ancient Rome. The Colosseums when they're fucking cutting the fucking heads off, boys, and all they wanted blood. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's it's no new thing that people want to see blood and fucking heads getting cut off and all. But 
I mean, there there is the constant acceptance of that pure ultraviolence. Yeah, and then need for like, excess, need for more. I need for excess, need for more, and then when they when they get to that degree, sometimes it's just okay. Maybe maybe if I saw a suggestion of that instead, that would be even better. Yeah, you know, until someone else finds some sort of sicker way of taking somebody's head off, then you know that's what happens. You know, there's an acceptance and a rejection of seeing it and not seeing it, which yeah. happens every ten or fifteen years. And I think that and film just in film specifically. Yeah, yeah. I think that leads on very nicely to my topic. My topic tonight, and it's it's just it's it's a nice wee companion piece of yours. Is that the horror genre in general, people say, oh, there's a horror film, you know, that, that's a horror film, but then they don't actually look at the fact that there's so many subgenres of horror, there's been so many different time periods of horror, like you've got the GL films, you know, in the, in the 70s, uh, like, sorry, late 60s and 70s, Italian filmmakers like, uh, you know, Fulci, and they were making these super sexualized but ridiculously gory films, and that kind of influenced the slasher film. And then you've got like the video nasties of the eighties, like the, the, the almost a precursor to Gorno, like Cannibal Holocaust, and uh, films like The Evil Dead, and then that's influenced like the likes of Hostel and so now. Then you've got supernatural horror, like which is coming back in a big way recently, like you know with The Conjuring and Annabelle, and yeah. it follows that that's coming back in a big way recently. And then you've got the, like you were saying the classic monster movie, be it you know like the Universal, you know the thirties and forties, like I mean the Mummy and Frankenstein. And then another big one recently has been found footage, you know, from the Blair Witch Day Paranormal Activity. There's so many subgenres of horror. Mm. And some horror films, like we're saying, like The Babadook, which is a psychological horror, like in, in, in the same ilk of The Shining mm. or Rosemary, mm. well, maybe not so much Rosemary's Baby because that's a wee bit supernatural too. But there's so many ways you can present horror. You can present it in the real world and it can be psychological in The Babadook. And when you see it, that it's actually maybe just this woman imagining all this shit. Mm. And it's almost like an allegory for her own maybe depression of uh, having lost uh, her husband and having a love with this really unbelievably irritating kid and she's going mental or you can have someone as basic as fucking Nightmare on Elm Street where it's a boogeyman and man. there's so many ways they present horror my question to you is what do you think and this again could go on they want but what do you think is the most effective way they portray, portray horror for me there's no right answer uh, and also what's your favourite way of portraying horror well, when when you first said the topic to me, instantly my mind went to like psychological horror yeah. for me. It's just I think same. It's 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 just something. There's something in there that you can relate to. I totally agree. But I think thinking about it more, then I just thought, just a horror that has a hook. Mm. Like if like if you tell me, oh, there's 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 this there's this new horror film coming out. There's this, there's this mental boy going out killing people. He's like, all right, then that sounds like Class. a horror film. But like, when like when you brought up it follows and it's this thing where it's this essentially like a sexually transmitted disease and this mm. thing follows you. But that's a hook for me. And it's like it sounds interesting. And it goes back to that thing we're saying as well that I think that horror and it's done so since you know horror has ever existed as you know in the full medium that it can be socially relevant too i, I don't think even though it, it might be sort of did it now i think that it follows is definitely kind of nodding and having a wee wink of the aid maybe sort of the aids epidemic or you know how kind of how yeah. fucking younger people love now horror is always at its best if it's kind of providing a social commentary as well i think yeah i think that psychological horror is 
maybe the most effective form of horror because it is in the real world and it's something that we can actually comprehend but at the same time too the tropes that psychological horror usually uses is opposed to the boogeyman or as opposed to you know those sort of cheap scare tactics you know people jump out from behind a wall or you know out of a dark corridor psychological horror usually shows you nothing and it leaves it up to your own imagination and that's what's scariest is that it doesn't actually give you a figure to feel fear toward it lets you know the, the figure be created in your own mind it, it knows how fucked up you are yeah and exactly it just <laughs> shows sometimes how I... fucked up you can be and that's the scariest thing I mean there's a a, a major and I, I know you always like maybe going on about TV tropes but it's a cracking website but TV tropes has a one of their major tropes called nothing is scarier and what they mean is that showing nothing is far scarier than showing a fucking axe wielding mm. maniac because yeah. you have to create it in your own mind and then it kind of mm. draws on your own fears what's the scariest thing you can think of that's lurking behind that corridor uh, that you don't ever quite see you know what I mean see right there's one film that's one of my favourites is Jacob's Ladder oh uh, why and that's ultimate psychological horror it's pure psychological horror I mean there is one scene where it shows you quite a bit and it's the scene which is kind of pretty much known as the 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 wheel in the hospital bed scene because yep. it keeps cutting back to this hospital wheel spinning as he's getting dragged through which 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 seems like fucking some sort of mad purgatory or a hell of some kind before he gets taken into where he has to go. Yeah. Um, and you've got all sorts of mad things creeping about. Well, which do literally. It's sort of said in the film that that are demons or, or types of demons, but you know they are people who have had like legs uh, torn off via something, or they've been disfigured in some way, and that is on his psyche because he was in Vietnam. Yeah. You know, so and this is why I love this film is that every part of the film you go that wouldn't happen or you know that's whatever is is that. Even though you're kind of in the back of your head going, no, he's making that up in his mind. You kind of went, you in the back of your mind, you're going, is he just seeing a version of this Vietnam word? He probably has seen this before. Or has he seen it? Or has he not seen it? Yeah. Or what? And it's, oh, it's, for psychological, I'm just going to say horror. Psych, I call it a psychological thriller, to be honest, or psychological drama. But it's a psychological thriller, really. In my opinion, that's what I would yeah. call it. But it kind of—I mean, it is horror too, yeah. I suppose, as mine. But um, at the meet, it really it seriously pushes the boundaries of, Taps of what big time. you know, because the film essentially is about what it's about the mind. It's about yeah. what the where the mind can take you in many different ways, and it's. I think it's, I'll give it a wee bit more sign off later because I think it's going to be a recommendation. But yeah. uh, uh, that 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 one for me in particular, you said something, what would you say just before that? That see, Because I think that that film particularly skews the lines a wee bit. Yeah. I mean, like, it shows you really horry things and it shows you demons' horns and things. It does. It's a bit of a mixed bag because we were talking before uh, for your topic. About it's like sort of, that's a blurred lines one there, like. I think we're. With Seven and Silence of Lambs, I definitely think they're thrillers, wee horror elements, but I think Jacob's Ladder, like you say, is a wee, but maybe kind of more on the fence. It's definitely got definitely, very, very aye. horror elements. Aye, but I say that there, there are five very quick 
horror elements on it. Yeah, I Maybe. think that I think that's why it's seen as probably one of the most underrated yet fucking ridiculously horrifying films ever. It's one of the most unsettling watches I've ever had. And again, it goes back to that fact that because it's set in a real world, mm. and I, fair enough, there might be these kind of otherworldly images that he sees, but it's still set in a real world. And the fact that it's this normal person seeing these things, and it's more so mm. just sort of PTSD from the war that he's been in, that's even scarier. You're thinking, fucking hell, are, are normal people even up to that sort of situation thinking these uh, things? That's, that's what kind of gets you the most, I think. But what, what, one of the scariest things... I ever remember seeing though and I I honestly can't remember what age I was when I seen this I'm not even sure if it was a film or like a it might have been like a Twilight Zone episode or something you probably know what I'm on about when I bring it up it's uh it's like this uh just this family in this house and it's Christmas time mm. and they're just sitting around listening to the radio and then an uh, announcement comes on the radio saying there's a escape mental patient just broke out of the asylum mm. and he's dressed up as Santa Claus. Have have you ever seen no, this? I've heard of this story, but no, I've never I actually think that's I don't know if it's I think it's amazing stories. Just seen seen Spielberg thing. Yeah, as I, I I honestly can't remember how I seen it, but I remember seeing it. Does he end up getting arrested by the cops? No, oh, see, I, I think I seen it when I was really young. I don't remember all the information of it, but I remember that it comes on the radio, so you know about it, mm. and the man dies there and stuff, but then there's the kid. Yeah. And the kid sees Santa Claus at the window. Oh, shit. That's, no, I, I, I honestly, I think that's amazing stories. Amazing stories, it, yeah. I think so. It's very similar to what it's... I, 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 I know it's I I I I can't remember what it is, but no, it's, but it's very Twilight Zone. Yeah, but go ahead. But it's it's it, it just thinking about it right now. It it's scares so it scares me to my very bones. Just, just thinking about the kids seeing Santa Claus at the window. Hmm. And again, it's I, fucking I, terrifying. I think that shows that Aye. it's set in the real world, but it's still very much very very horrific. Very yeah, horror, like you know, what I mean, it is. It's, I mean. Pff, like I was saying, we can get bogged down these sort of genre definitions, and I think we have definitely got a good fucking discussion going around it, and we've kind of tried to delve into what's thriller and what's horror. And I hope we've scared you a little bit. <laughs> the <finish>. <laughs> 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 Spooky topic, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we can draw a line there because. <laughs> red ram, red ram. But I think that uh, we can we can get it. Your closet. <laughs> the phone calls come from inside the house. But I think we can uh, sort of draw a line there because always we talk about it for fucking weeks. Actually, let's draw a line on this. He's gonna touch you. My sister's friend, the very first time she watched The Ring, right? she got a phone call during it. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> she was quite scared. Anyway, um, yeah, let's move on. And we'll go into... My topic. That's mad. Actually, I got a phone call during the ring. I think everybody does. And then they all die a week later. It's fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> I got a ring. A ring out says, uh, "A pizza bear in two months." Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> so, Never order a pizza during the ring. Never order a pizza. During, I never order a pizza during the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a less talk more movies right. talk tub. <laughs> and now we'll go into. Would you rather? 
edition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather be the jock, the stoner, the slut, the nerd, or the virgin? The virgin. Final girl. She's always going to love. That. That is literally the template of slasher films. The pure virgin right. is always going to love. This, uh, a strange thing is that... So we, you, you just want to love then? I, I don't care about being a virgin. Sex or rude. But I mean, like, it's... Of course, I don't want to be stabbed. They'd have to be a fucking psychopath. The template for slasher films is, and the reason that slasher films got a bit of flack of liberals, man, is that liberals, e- man, liberals, man, is that even though they show a lot of gore and they're kind of semi-pornographic at times, they're actually sort of socially conservative a lot of the times because it's usually don't have sex or you'll die. Yeah, exactly. Don't it's, have sex, you're gonna die, love. It's usually <laughs> that sort of delinquent kids that you know that the kids who. You know, take part in drugs or, you know, kind of promiscuous sex. They're all offed straight away, and yeah. especially, which is an unfortunate uh, thing about British relations at the time. It's that kind of cliche now, but if you're a black character or if any sort of ethnic minority were getting killed as well, which is awful. But I the- Sarah Michelle Gellar got fucking offed quite often during fucking screaming. I know what you did last fucking yeah. week or whatever. <laughs> I know what you did last she got fucking knifed because she was Sarah Michelle Gellar in Scream? She's the second one, I but oh, it's a, she gets fucking offed quite quickly. It's always the way that the kind of more liberal out there teens who, you know, dabble in drugs or sex or whatever, they get fucking killed straight away. And it's always the fact that it's now become a cliche that the fight, it's, it's now a trope called the final girl, is mm. always a sort of morally pure virgin who's book smart oh, and, you uh, know, does well at school. So is, is this what you're choosing? I'm, I'm choosing that because of my love. I don't want to be fucking butchered to death, so I'll choose to be a virgin. I would rather right. be a virgin uh, and love than be a stoner right. and get fucking knifed. Aaron, what there, are you There's mean? a serious subtopic here, though. Big time. About general conservatism and problems. Yeah, big time. Like all they want, huh? You can if you want. I want to very quickly. <laughs> right. Very quickly, very I'll, quickly. He was asking permission, but he already said he was going on one. I know. <laughs> no, I, <don't. laughs> I could have said no and be like, ah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> right, just, just quickly, because it's back to Future Week, right? Ogundi one, right? As <laughs> I, is, that, is that relevant uh, whatsoever? I fuck off, my girl. <laughs> it's back to Future because I fucking say it is, right? <laughs> no, I'm not joking. No, but uh, the reason before is because I compared it before already. It's a Wonderful Life, right? Which is which is a very you know yeah, well hearted, well space most especially about the future too, but the values and that whole and that whole series you know there's there's lots of really conservative things very cookie cutter America, big time. Like the one time that Doc, the one time uh, all the bad characters drank, Duff drinks like fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, again the street drinks. Uh, the man died, you never see him drinking, or uh, maybe they have like a bottle of whiskey or something, uh, you know, with the dance and all, but it's seen as dangerous and bad and all, and they call the black guys who are fucking playing, they call them reefer addicts. I know, it's shocking. Like, oh, yeah, and they call them spooks as well, yeah. which is another thing. That's a fucking hugely awful racial it's term mental. And I know what it is, it's fucking right? mental, but another one as well is that, I mean, I'm talking I mean, those are bad, really fucking obvious racial things, but there's there's a lot of really cons- really like subtle Christian conservatism going on through it too, like which is like you know the f- like the only time that Doc or Marty drink is in the third one. Doc yeah, takes he, a shot, yeah. and he fucking passes out, yeah. and it fucks up the whole mission. Yeah, and it fucks up a whole day because Doc had a shot of whiskey, whatever it was, you exactly. know. Even though he's like a sexual man who's definitely drinking. <laughs> he's definitely had a wee sup, like Aye. you know what I mean. He's, he's not going, like, you know. You know what I mean? 
I mean, another glass deal west, and it's gonna put a car. Nobody mean, just falls off a toilet bowl. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love for ages, right? That that's a, that's the obvious one, but but that film was like riddled by that kind of stuff. But I th- I think that's why it really that's why it has that universal appeal is because it it's very family friendly, especially in its two main characters, and it gives you a nice feeling, e- even if you are a drinker and if you are you know uh, there's certain things you know with like if you're not religious and like that, this kind of thing. It's just there's something about that that you know if you were once religious, it just it just has those sorts yeah. of feelings. You kind of go. Right, it just elevates it a wee bit for yeah. you. I think as well I mean? that when you look at it, like Doc Brown and Murder McFly are just you know kind of very two basic wholesome characters, and they're the wholesome great, guys. And they're yeah. two great characters, and then it's the world around them that kind of makes it interesting. You never once mentioned religion in fairness, like no, I know, and, and, and that is a good thing. But you know what else? I see the unwritten fucking prequels of uh, Back to the Future. You find out then that Murder McFly while about dogging, while about it. Would you rather be a werewolf or a vampire? A vampire because they're very slick werewolves. Like you get all fucked up once a month, you might murder a couple of people, and you could easily just be shot there. Whereas a vampire, you're always in control. But what, you're usually what, slick what, as fuck. But vampire, you're technically dead. Werewolf, you aren't dead. It doesn't matter because werewolf does not seem like as much crack. Any film <laughs> I've ever seen about being a werewolf, <laughs> it's like the werewolf thing is an affliction, and you fucking freak out like two or three nights every fucking couple of months because the full moon, and you don't enjoy uh, it, and you eat people. And you don't actually fucking get the chill out of it, whereas a vampire's chilling out, kicking back 24-7. It, it's hard to fags, call, hey? You've got gel back hair. You've got a Hungarian no, accent. You're pulling gears. You know no, I mean? but, no, but if you're a vampire, you might just be a fuck. You might become like a fucking just emotional fucking we, we don't, no, we just don't, be like, oh, Jesus, I'm well sad because no. I'm a fucking vampire. No, we don't want the New Age sort of, as no, it's say, no. the, the emo vampire. No, we're all, it's the entire lore. Eventually you become an emo vampire. Well, I would go Bella Lugosi over the fucking Twilight vampire any day. Mm. I have a Bella Lugosi turns into the vampire, Twilight vampire. I hope that's not the case. It's, 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 time has proven it, I'm man. I still say vampire because you just have far more crack. Werewolves seem like a bunch of moaning bastards who really do not enjoy that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't get the howl at the moon if mm. you're a vampire, then. Aye, but you get the fucking... You just did out the fucking forest and just fucking howl at the moon as a vampire. Exactly. So is that about a vampire? Is that about how's the moon the odd time, right? Oh. Also, werewolves don't like vampires. What if you walk into a bunch of werewolves? I'm a fucking vampire, but kick a whole werewolf. They're fucking clumsy, fucking stupid beast on what they're doing. Vampire just levitate and fucking hit him a box and they're done. It's it's like one of them ones. <laughs> hit him a good box in the face. I hit him a good box. Fly fun. away, or fly away. Like levitate <laughs> <laughs> with an assault rifle and just hey. fucking horse once. Climb that tree. What happens when I get beyond that tree? You fucking ball bag. Exactly. But that uh, however, right? I once a month, once once a once a fucking full moon. We go once a fucking cunt. Once a cunt. Once a cunt. Once a full moon, the werewolf comes out. Surely is that not just what happens anyway when you're just human? Like you definitely go mad at least once a month. Like once a month, everyone else loses a fucking plug. Have mad. you never seen the like, the whole lore of I, werewolves? Is it not like down, sort of down like to the old pub? Down like, to the old pub? Fucking that's a wee shit, yeah, no, tonight, lads. Isn't that the case though? I know. I I definitely feel as a as a as a male that I have a period every month. Apparently there is a male period. No, I, 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 I do feel kind of weird like once a month and just like, mm. what the fuck's going on right now? 
You drink cranberry juice now? <laughs> <laughs> I drink cranberry juice and have a couple of eggs when I'm fine now. Yeah. But, yeah. I, but a Hello Magazine, no cane, you're <laughs> what am I saying though is that is that obviously all all these creatures are definitely they, they definitely were derived in something that was a wee bit human I definitely think the werewolf derives from a man's want to go fucking mad Aye. once a month like really mad well, like, I, mean, like I, I think it's it's no what's the maddest you've went in a month you know like between oh, fucking need apart from being man. in a haunted house and I just fucking I, screaming at people yeah but that's, that's just that's you know I think me and you have had a couple of mingling weekends at the time that that fucking boy found us in our bush at 8 o'clock in the morning in Collins yeah, Park where drinking yeah, cans yeah, and smoking fags and slept for three days that was pretty werewolfy like. that was me pushing a boundary like. yeah, but that's besides the point but I mean I think as <laughs> well having straps of cl- or scraps of clothes trying to go what the fuck happened last night I, no. I was, it was that time as well I had a fucking aunt, my cousin I, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's my, time my cousin was no more <laughs> but I mean see when you're going there too about going as well and that's a good point see when you're talking about like is the werewolf genre or is the whole lore of, of the werewolf sort of like this sort of release of how you Men or people in general, not just Aye, men. I don't but it all comes from it. People, no, people in general want to be instinctive Aye. and want to go back to that caveman mentality. Except, no, no, but that's exactly where but that's no, where that, that's what old school horror comes from, like Mary Shelley and all. But I, 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 I think it's a good thing too because obviously what turns a werewolf into a werewolf a full moon, and obviously what was the even fucking earlier understanding of what drove you mental? You know, back in the day, people thought that a full moon drove you mental, hence the term lunatic, lunar. Mm lunatic aye. so maybe it uh, comes from that uh, as definitely well definitely like does 100% of those I mean even the vampire thing too comes from you know take religion aside man it's, it's man's fucking want to be fucking immortal like mm. definitely comes from that there but then somebody fucking put a brain bit of brains behind it and they said well what if you fucking were immortal mm. would you watch everybody that you ever loved fucking die mm. and is it, is it you know and is it is, is, is the eventual thing that you have to do is just kill yourself? Because it gets very old very quick. But that way, Aye. and but does plus, it though? Well, who knows? Because we're not on Well, who, who don't know? <laughs> who, who knows? Like, I mean, I haven't got had my fucking throat munched on, like, but uh, <laughs> it's what I'm saying. Like, you know, would it get old, or would you just would you just enjoy being? I, if you're one of these people that just enjoys being I think alone, you would just carry on. Here, see, to be honest, you see, if me and you were both vampires, my immortal, I think we fucking. <laughs> oh, I think we'd enjoy it for at least a couple of fucking centuries. Like, you you, you, you used to become legends no under the fucking tree or something. Like, I, I, I think me and you would have no bother with being immortal. Fucking class, hey. unbelievable. But the amount that can't, and you wouldn't have to pay for one of them. You just murder every every <laughs> offy, every offy. You go on there, you just fucking butcher the uh, whole but, room. But it, it'd have to be cans up load though. I know oh, you, well. you can't. You see, can't that's a thing. <laughs> I think because you, you, can't, you can't get blocked. Just gonna have a slab of blood there. You need to suck the blood <laughs> of alcoholics. Hey, <laughs> oh, fuck, that's a good shit. <laughs> Don't be saying that blue bridge. Sucking that fucking necks up, boys. Just uh, boys are sitting there with fucking uh, balls of frosty jack and special brew. No, you get your necks on. You, he's and a, we'll be doing them a favour. You should uh, run out of alcoholics very quickly, though. I mean, if you, if you think you drank what, like 20 cans on a night, like in all fairness, you need 20 fucking alkies. Well, <laughs> you know what? We probably, just, we probably just grab Mickey, feed him full of drink every day, and just suck him really slowly, like you know what I mean? Just uh, you know, just to make it last. So how would that differ from every other edition? Strange things going this time, man. Would you rather? Would you rather when you die? 
become a ghost or a zombie? Mm. A ghost? You just float about and go mad. A zombie? Don't have a fucking clue. A zombie are just fucking chasing the next... And you just chasing the next munch. You're literally just an idiot. Yeah, you're, you're literally but chasing but munch, but and you have but no How does that thoughts? differ from now, Heron? Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at least we have ghosties of your thoughts. No, but no, no. I, oh, wait, is it about the thoughts or is it about the munch? Though, because if you're a ghost, you can't have a fucking munch. No, because ghosts can be sexy as well. Like you look at Patrick. Right. Compare Patrick Swayze any zombie you've ever seen. Aye, but you can't. No, but you can't the, shag I, as a ghost. It's not from the outside. You can't shag as a fucking I zombie. I see what Mickey's saying. I'll try some Mickey is literally talking about, right, so a zombie has the sensory things of taste that you can taste of. If, if you like your food and you like your fucking wine or you like your shit, you know, you can, still, you can still bid on that there. Aye. If you're a ghost, you actually can't. Aye, All you have is your saying. memories. It's, it's strange because as a ghost, uh, you've got your personality and your memories, and you yeah, can bit about and have crack. What a fucking well, it, 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 oh, it's, it's a good ooh, because you know what? That's a good. That's good. That is very good. He's had this. I'll be honest. I stumbled upon that one. It's very good because when it comes down there, right? If you're a ghost, you've got your thoughts, you've got your memories, you've got your personality. Yeah, you're you're you as you are now. You don't have, but you can experience anything. You don't have physical pleasure, whereas a zombie, you've got physical pleasure, but no person. So would you? Literally pure physical play. I think that that would be a cracking psychologist question. They see what sort of person you are. Are you a materialistic bastard? Or are you more thoughtful yeah. and introvert? If you're a zombie, you just become a dog. You're Essentially, a fucking. Like, you know you're mean? a you're fucking wanker. Right no, a ghost. I'm a fucking ghost. Ghost, hundred percent. Fuck off. I'm sure there's some. Go- I'm sure there's some ghostly way getting sex cans under you. Best democracy, bitch. Definitely, oh, well. there's definitely some ghostly way of putting a cure. I never maybe. said I would be a zombie. Ah, I was, well. I was fighting ah, the corner. Man, hey, 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 kid, a kid, If I was great for being a ghost, two ghosties just, hey, ghosty, ghosty, yes, guess a toasty. Where's Portman? Okay, we had toasty. That hey, that's got sitcom written over. We <laughs> have there, right? Ghosty, we had toasty. Ghosty, we had toasty. It'd be one episode. Hey, Ghosty makes a fucking toasty. Two, 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 two no. seconds. <laughs> we're, chat, we're chatting about horror films all night. There's a greatest horror film that's ever fucking existed. You're a ghost, ghosty. You're dying for a toasty. Can I grab it? Can I eat it? What a horror. Psychological thriller. No, no, I, I well, got it. If you're following the laws of ghost, though, you can pick things up. I've got it. Can I eat it? You don't get the satisfaction eating that toasty, no, I've got and you can hold it. <laughs> That's even worse. That's even worse. Yeah. You can get it in your fingers, yeah. but you can't actually taste it. That is the greatest heart ever. We're going to get toasty. No. Get on. You know what? Let's let's cut off a hand job. Kevin is now about the back burner. Hand job. Kevin's yeah. going back. It's ghosty with a toasty now. No, no, no. It's ghosty. No, no. But I've, 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 I've developed it even further. Right? It's like fuck two and a half men. It's two ghosties and half a toasty. <laughs> That's us. And who gets a half a toasty? Which goes to? And we, sp- we spend the first episode figuring out how the fuck they eat half a toasty. <laughs> I don't care. They don't. They don't care who, who fucking brought it, who's leaving it. We just spend the first episode. How does a ghost eat half a fucking toasty? And as well, another fucking sub. Two ghosts eat half a toasty. One wants mayo. One wants fucking brown thing. Fucking right, they do. Sacked. Okay, next. Would you rather have a human body with a fly's head or a fly's body with a human head? I'm not going to answer that question. A human head? I think it's all in that face. 
I think everything's about that fist. How shallow am I? But but the same thing with can you be a flies, Bobby? Well, you've not actually been swiped because you got a, a human fist and you can chat to people normally. No, but then but you can you, fly about. No, no, but you're you're the size of a fly at this stage. You can still. Oh no, but well, so right there. Let me get some sort of definition around here. So you've got a normal scale human head. No, but no. you got a flies body. No, no, you have a you have a a normal size flies body with a to scale human head. Or you have a to-scale human's body with a to-scale fly's head. Well, you know what? That's even better. I'd rather be a to-scale fly who can fly about and have a normal fist because I fucking hate chatting to people. I'd rather just do my own thing and just fucking wap about the place. But what What if you, what if you land in a spider's web? Then you're all, help me! Well, help me! That's just fucking human nature. Like, you know what I mean? I would rather not have a big fuck-off fly's body. See, that's a angle. See, see if you get fucked up on a fucking spider's web. And you started fucking throwing dairyisms at them or something. <laughs> spider, spider wouldn't know what the fuck you're on about. And he'd be all this place speaking fucking, I don't know, Polish or something. <laughs> and he would just fucking wrap you up all the same. Whereas there must be some sort of fly talk for gone, don't wrap me up. But it, So are <laughs> you are you saying a human body with a fly's head? But you're you. But if I'm 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 a conscientious objector. <laughs> this question. The new Gandhi. I I would say human bodies with a fly's head. Why Cause, so? Because I think you would still be able to enjoy all the the pleasures what you have now. It's just you probably won't have any friends. Like. <laughs> well, where's, so it's just like life. You where, know, where's, exactly. your, where's your uh, where, where's your mouth? How, how do you drink and eat? Well, flies have like sucker things, yeah. you know. And they 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 have like those kind of separated eye things, so you can like see you have way better vision yeah, and stuff. Cracking vision, like you wouldn't you would never have to go to space. It was like explain the sucker things that you're talking about. Right, well, flies they what they they like vomit on things and then they they suck it up. I That's how you eat. I have no idea, Michael. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure that, like a, a general house fly, they they whatever food they have in front of them, they vomit on it. They break it up and then they suck it up with their sucker things. I yeah, believe that's how they eat. The streets are heavy, also. Streets are heavy. So, you know, you, you, you like could do Japanese that. Like a Japanese in And then... Wait, wait. You could probably still have a drink or something. Leaps and bounds. And then if, if, if you want a bit of a human touch, like, you know. <laughs> just book on that and eat it. Or just, you know, find your wallet. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of eyeing up a wee but not finish I'll find your wallet that's why I can be sad that I'm out of time I fucking poke on that and fucking eat that as well you're saying about the human that you're the fucking employee if you had a big fucking fly's head you're not going to get work anywhere call centers they probably wouldn't even give you a, <laughs> they probably wouldn't even give you call centers are fucking playing anybody. do you still have your own voice if you have a big fly's head ah uh, no you talk like a fly ah you're right. fucked no, you no, no, you'd have to, you have to adapt you. sign language like what the fuck's that going to work? But we are we are we fucking stupid flies, brain because it's probably dead. You you could get the job on TV doing the 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 sign language for the for the TV. You saying they're shumble? No, I'm just saying it's easy. It's easy to do sign language if you know sign oh, language. Yeah, then I... Actually, <laughs> no. It's easy to know fucking you know Right, hold on. Is the flies head now the size of a human head? Nah. Yeah. It's a big fuck right, off. Right. It's a big fuck off bowling ball job. Right, so, so you, have, you have really good vision na- na- as well. So you can work for spec savers. Right, right. So, so naturally the brain is near enough to size a human brain. Mm. But, mm. right, you, first of all, you're fucking white looking because you've got the head of a flea. 
So what does that matter, Shan? No, why, why, why does looks matter so much, Shane? Because they just do. So you're, fa- you're so you're, you're, so you're. Let's be honest with you. Like I hell, he's oh, oh geez, no. So, yeah, fair enough. I have personality counts, but let's be honest with you as well. You know, you have to like what you're looking at. But anyway, you go big fly's head, right? You're half smart, which is grand. You're, you're smart. Mm. You can't even fucking speak English. You can't speak in general. You're speaking like a fucking fly, mm. and you've got cracking vision. So, would you rather crack and vision and be well looking, but be dead smart? Or would you rather be dead tiny and nobody takes you on? The first one. <laughs> you said that was such conviction. I, I could be a fighter pilot with that big. With that big fucking massive head. Aye. Uh, it's hang, it's with, with your human body, you could just send the best fucking emails ever. You just rock up as <laughs> What? Fun. You can send the fucking I heard I'm sorry. You can send the best emails ever with your body right now if you want to be. Why do you need a fly's head right, to send if emails? You let me fucking finish that kid. I'm what an you <laughs> Forget that fly's head, right? From the top right, obviously the brain's bigger, right? So he can send all these fucking class emails to fucking flight school, whatever he was talking about two seconds ago. Send them off, happy days. Honestly, he get to the he get to all these exams online, everything. He could fucking, you know, open university, flat that fucking mat. Happy days. They don't, do they, they don't know he has a fucking fly's head, right? <laughs> so they're fucking going ahead. Happy days, no Mickey Breslin. Happy days. Who the fuck knows he has a big fly for a head, right? Betting on happy days, no fucking. You get purity masters degrees, all shit, no. Final day, rock up, right? For for graduation. Just, like- Graduation, suit and tie and all here, like dirty flies head hanging Be- off he best, in, right best in class. Aye. That's to give a speech. Here, Mick. Aye, big speech. Here, after a speech, he fancy flying his fucking F-16. I fucking ready to do. Happy days. Here, he says in sign language, which is a Honestly, I swear to fuck, if he can prove he can do it, no, the only you know thing they'll language. say is, do you think that flies head's going to fit inside this fucking helmet? That's all they're going to say to him. <laughs> I swear to fuck, see if he can do it, they don't give a fuck. He's like, dirty fly head. <laughs> see if he sent all emails and the paperwork's right. That's all they Americans care about, hey. Paperwork, <laughs> flat out paperwork, John Woo, paper flying everywhere. They don't give a fuck. Fly off, Red Hood Nation. That's it, hey. Okay. Top, top would, fly. <laughs> would you rather be possessed or be the exorcist? It's not the same thing. Like she's possessed Please. and the exorcist. Right, okay. No, but are, 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 are you are you are you the ex, are you the possessed one or are you the exorcising oh, one? No, you know, and see, right. just just and it's on a basic level because it's a thing. That, it's just one of my favorite lines ever in cinema. I'd want to be the exorcist just so I can scream with conviction. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Horror horror doing that fucked out a window and die at the bottom of a flight of steps. So you're happy to die? My dream is they probably die at the bottom of a flight of steps. I think I'm fucked out a window by a, a, a demonic child. I, 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 I probably I, 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 <laughs> I probably rather be possessed. Cause I could do that fucker right now if you want. Fuck me. That was mental. What? I have to say, not, like, not even in a taking a piss kind of way. Uh, I'd probably rather be possessed. Well, see, I mean, like, I've, I've seen her. Well, well the possessed sh- person uh, doesn't die. Do nah, it's not, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. An exorcist, I don't. I, I would rather be possessed with the assurance. That you'll uh, be exercised. If, 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 <laughs> if the old man came on and just says, right, 
up his essay for a couple of weeks, right? This boy's <laughs> going to come along and he's going to take it out. This is just for a bit of crack, right? <laughs> you can we'll, we'll have, we, me, me and Lucifer have a wee fucking gentleman's agreement. Like, if, say, say no, if, if, shake hands. Can I trust that, people? If, if Jeremy Beadle comes up to you say, it's just a bit of crack, right? <laughs> it's just a bit of crack. What the, fuck, what the fuck's going on at hand? You'll be but, fucked. Uh, you be mental if you were possessed by Jeremy <laughs> Beadle. Aye, aye. Fucking clip shows, they focus. <laughs> clip shows are in. That's, that's the horror. You just have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> the horror you have to watch. You've been framed on repeat Aye. forever. He just Did starts slapping boys. He never had this kind of power. He only had him on one hand. They ran out of clubs. That's what it is. They ran out of clubs 10 years ago, right? <laughs> and you have to go through all the fucking sacked clubs. Oh, all the big they, clubs. They try and fucking make a series of fucking you've been framed. That's your hell. <laughs> That's how possessed, how fucked, fucked up you are. And like the worst fuck, all all the trippings that you just go, that boy definitely meant they trip. Aye. Yeah, fucking stoke him. But I'm, I'm not giving him that 250 like, points. Oh, I'm running out of fucking material, Jeremy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> fuck you in your hand. What do you call it? I'm running out of fucking material, you fucking bearded bastard. No, he meant they trip. He meant they trip. He's like, no, he didn't. He fucking meant they trip. He meant, and see that fucking ball that came in from the left The boy was fucking... They practiced that about ten times. They fucking scorned the wing. I swear to fuck, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't an accident. See that space hopper as well? You fuck off that space hopper. It's I going on. It's going on. I don't care. I love as well. Okay. Look, the contract talk just before you go on the next one. Is it hurt? I actually talk it so seriously. So I only agree to be possessed. You know, if it's, a, you know, it's rotten and stone, now I'm coming back. Like, <laughs> A sad fact. <laughs> if it's only a few weeks, like, he gets about couple ten. of weeks. I work away. Yeah, yeah. Couple of weeks. I grant gets about ten. Please, they sign that contract. Fucking we dab in ink, we dab in holy water. Sign it. Happy days. <laughs> no, but I was coming back. Happy days. <laughs> Happy days. Because they be all. Wait till you. I was fucking possessed there about ten years ago. Mad right. <laughs> yeah, I want to see some of the shit I've seen, hey? <laughs> Boys talk about the fucking eye at all Lord of the Rings thing. It's about ten times worse than that there. Boys, I went through some shit, hey? Eddie yeah. fucking pulled through. You've been framed as worst fucking shoes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, Jeremy had me. <laughs> Jeremy had me bad balls, hey? That's right. <laughs> a beetle just. Okay. Would you rather be killed by Michael Myers, Freddy, or Jason? I was definitely, definitely not Freddy because Freddy fucking he he goes yeah, psychological. He yeah. fucks you up. He's he's in your dreams and all. And he's he gets fucking, your fingers in your head. He's, he's fucking creeping about with his big fucking claw. I would say Jason, probably Jason. I, no, I would say Michael because if, no, J- not Jason. No, Jason Michael does more stabs away at you. No, no but J- Jason does really brutal kills. Aye. Like he freezes your head and smashes yeah, it with the rest exactly. of your body. No, <laughs> no one, no one. Aye, hall- but you're not gonna feel that though. I suppose. Aye, I know. Like, but, like, I mean, like, as long as you don't I feel it, I don't care. Myers is just fucking knife aye, and that. But at the same time, you, like a big fucking hung up. No one the Halloween films. Most aye. of like. Knowing the Halloween films, most of Michael's kills are kind of, you know, one the same. It's mostly just a lack of fucking stabbing. There's one where he dunks a girl's head in the jacuzzi and she comes out like a fucking lasagna. But, I mean... <laughs> but, but, I mean, besides <laughs> that... Lasagna on top of this. I'm in Carberley, lasagna, just... <laughs> we convertible. 
But I mean, besides that, there, right? Besides that, Mike, Michael's kills usually are fucking kind of straightforward, whereas Jason gets really fucked up. And he he, he gets boys, pretty creative. See if you're a victim and a slash of him, you want a fucking open casket, like, you know what I mean? You don't want an enclosed <laughs> casket. You don't want your head getting punched off. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you want to have a fucking head. <laughs> I'm afraid yeah. my family see me with a head. With head. Imagine going to an open casket and it's just <laughs> a fucking no head. It's just a neck. <laughs> it's just a wee He's note like, saying, uh, I owe you one head, Jason. Just head, a, a head, I owe you saying head, you've been got. Head was here. <laughs> Jason's not waking up. It's just an, just an outline of a head. <laughs> and no, no words. It's, just the outline of where a head would be like, and a coffin. It's, like, oh, it's, it's just, it's just a, it's I, just a cardboard cut out of your head I, stuck in the. I your say Michael neck. because Michael seems uh, like the most conservative psychopath at all. I'm like, he seems like the most, the least fucked up. Sorry, he's definitely mad. He's he's a hundred percent mad. Like he murders teenagers for a living. But I mean, I, I think that he's. I don't think he gets paid for it. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> who knows? Nah, he's he making serious bucks for that. He just take our wallet. Like. He's fucking mad about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Heron, what would your choice be? Um, for lack of pain, Jason. You think lack of pain, lack Jason? Of pain? Mm, so you I think, think you, you'll you'll die pretty quickly, but then your body will be abused in some way afterwards. <laughs> It's a closed casket, folks. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's like a closed casket. Hey. On his deathbed, I'm not not his family. Has not even been butchered by a psychopath. It's a closed casket, folks. Yeah. <laughs> My See, body's too fucked. Yeah. I don't want people looking at me. See after just yeah. pure casual. All right, all right, okay. All right. Who would you rather go on a killing spree with? Michael Myers, Freddy, or Jason? And none of them, because that's the whole thing about slasher film, fucking killers. They walk too slow. If I was a psychopath, I'd be fucking darting up. No, Freddy's, boys. Freddy's got some moves, like. He's got dream moves, like. I, I would, He's I would got go, dream moves. I would moves. go on a killing spree with Freddy. After that haunted house, I would go on a killing spree with Freddy. Just get, they freak the fuck out of boys. I, I, I really enjoy screwing oh, the fuck out of punters. I'd say Freddy as well because he's got them dream moves. And he, can fucking, he can dart about in your dreams. Aye, dream Whereas moves. Freddy and, or Shana Freddy, sorry, Michael and Jason, are just, they walk about there so and they just stab the fucking heady. That's J- about boring. Like. Jason's a bit more energetic than Michael though, isn't Michael's it? Michael's like, like, he's one note, that's why Aye. he's just really <laughs> so like, we, we should remake a Freddy If it wasn't film. a film, he would never catch up with him. Is, you know it, is that Aye. the secret truth between the Halloween things? Is that Michael Myers is just a mental patient, just a Imagining all this in his I head. I, I think I think that the thing that they didn't tell you in any of the Halloween films is that somehow Michael Myers can fucking teleport because <laughs> he walks dead slow and there's boys running full pelt and he always is not only catching up with him, he's ahead of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's one of them. There's a world fox on his back, eh? <laughs> oh, there's multiple me? Mike Myers. Mm. Eh? There's multiple Mike Myers. How do you mean? Michael Myers. Oh my word, It's like theory. you see one behind you. And then it's it's like it's like a hot fuzz where <laughs> where, he, where, where he jumps through the hedge and then the other boy's already there. Fucking hell. That is a phenomenal yet completely it, incorrect theory, but still. This this must already be a theory though, no? Yeah, it probably is. Who knows? There's a lot of fucking weird people out there. Aye. What I was gonna say is uh what did you say? we should make uh an origin or not an origin story, but uh fucking Freddy Krueger type film. You coined it there now, and we should call it. It's gonna be 
inspired by the Sorcerer's Apprentice, right? It's going to be called the Human Lasagna. No, it's it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. That's the sequel day the Human Lasagna. <laughs> I think you're going to say, I would love to, but that title's taken by somebody else. They wouldn't have it. Oh, Shan. I'm going to call it that's... Dream Moves. You already coined it. Dream <laughs> Moves, right? You think it's a I'm... Sorcerer Apprentice, right? No, that sounds like a fucking it's Lionel Richie Disney film. That sounds like a footless sequel. <laughs> Dream Moves, but it's actually the boy thinks he's getting into a wee Sorcerer Apprentice thing, but he's actually being recruited to be Freddy Krueger's fucking underling. Yes. <laughs> For whatever reason, I thought you were. I was trying to say he was being recruited to be Freddy Krueger's dad. I have no idea, <laughs> no idea where we're going with that. You just said it, I know. Dream chant, moves. Chant. Adam the, McGregor. The Sorcerer's human... Apprentice. Dream moves. Yes. No, but I the, just the, imagine no, this really the, cheesy 80s fucking no, trailer. No, but the human <laughs> lasagna is clearly the next step and off point of the human centipede. Yes. It's instead of having them one after each other, <laughs> they're just stacked on top of each other. It's, the only, <laughs> it's literally the only way that franchise can go. Okay, we'll move on to recommendations. Shankar. Bam. My recommendation this week, and keeping with a horror sort of theme that we got going on. What's behind that cone? Ghouls and whatnot, scary stuff. What's under my bed? My recommendation this week is Rosemary's Baby, one of my favourite horror films of all time. And what I love, we were talking about the supernatural aspect earlier on. It's one of the few supernatural horror films that I've ever seen. Which the supernatural element kind of falls in that background, and it's all about the actual humans who are living that bubble. It's John Cassavetes and Mia Farrow. They're such believable characters, and you feel for them as a couple that much that this sort of supernatural devil worshipping cultist aspect that's being kind of thrust towards their lives is all the more devastating. I'll not spoil anything if you haven't seen it and and, and what way it goes, but it's a masterclass in atmosphere. And a masterclass in realism, meeting you know, kind of that, that supernatural horror that we were talking about earlier on, uh, directed by Roman Polanski, who's also obviously a master of creating atmosphere and crafting small sort of fucked up worlds. Uh, amazing. Mine's I was talking about earlier is, I'm sorry, it's going to have to be Jacob's Ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Uh, don't talk. About, I'll talk about it again, but I, I deliberately didn't talk about it because it was going to recommend it. But um. Uh, to me, it's it's easily in my top ten for films. Um, just for look alone, uh, it's it's one of the starkest, most fucking scarily human films. It's stuff that you would see every day, but if you just look at them in the right way, they're fucking stark as fuck. Mm. You know, if you just you get an overcast day and you get it whatever it's just that's a oh fuck me that's a stark image you know it's full of that kind of stuff like you know it's just observed in the right way and shot well and um occasionally when demons show up in it there's not there's no uh there's actually no uh what do you call fucking CGI in it yeah yeah every effect in it is done through makeup or th- there's like a, a fast shutter speed effect with these shaking heads it's done on a train or in a car. It's all in camera. They shoot it fast and bring it back slow. And they bring the ca- there's there's a technique they use in that film, and it's purely in camera to do it. It's not done by visual yeah. effects, and, and I just I do love that as well. Where it's done in camera, and it's just it's just just a height of scale for me to be honest. And um. Honestly, one of the best things I can say generally about storytelling is, is if you if you know your character, 
well enough, then you can push them as far as you want in every level and and you you can make them travel through time, you can make them travel through different crazy parts of their mind and I think so long as you believe the character and you know the character, then you can literally do whatever the fuck you want and it's yeah. believable and it's confident and it's strong and for being such a fucking crazy film, Jacob's Ladder, it's easily one of the most confident psychological thrillers I've ever seen. And I, I recommend to anybody. It's a fucking masterpiece in my yeah, opinion. I think that's why it stands out so much as well because it is mm. so different. My recommendation is The Fly. Starring Jeff Goldblum. Bam. It's uh, David Cronenberg, as you brought up earlier. and Bush. It's the the thing that stands out for me is it's a terrible thing to bring up when trying to recommend it, but it's it's the very ending of the film. Yeah, and I don't I don't, I don't want to spoil the very end for the film, but it's it's just so heartbreaking, and it just it just really got me, and I just think the way the whole film builds up and Jeff Goldblum just as an actor is just so engaging and just people fall in love with him just by watching him mm. that. It just gives so much more weight to the ending, and it's just it's it's an incredible film to me. Mm. It's a performance. It's a performance. Pure performance. Like, yeah, Goldblum's yeah. phenomenal. Like, yeah, he, Jeff Goldblum's amazing. You can strap whatever you want onto any actor. You know, it's all about if they believe it, and they bring it. Okay, and we'll wrap it up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies, or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. You can also like us, rate us, and leave us comments on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on ACAST, where you can get interactive show notes and links. Best place to listen to this. Thank you so much for listening. I have been your host, Michael Brainslin. Shan Coyle has been Shan <laughs> Calm Heron has been <sighs> The neighbor before Calm <laughs> <laughs> Episode 26 baby 6 month anniversary you, you t- Thank you so much for listening Goodbye <laughs> <laughs> I just got stabbed. I think I'm still alive, but I'm in quite a lot of pain. I've got a knife in my face. And they're laughing. Oh, I'm gone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.